welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I am joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. I'd like to teach the world to sing. <laughs> hey, LaToya. <laughs> and we are joined by a special guest, Samantha Powell. What's up, Samantha? Hey. <laughs> so, we're here for a very patriotic episode. Obviously, it's our 4th of July-themed episode, but it's an especially American uh, episode because it's Coca-Cola Presents Young Americans. Uh, yes, correct, full title. Episode 6, I believe, although the yes. front order is very wonky. Yeah. Um, it's because, like, ev- yeah, everything seems to have, like, the pilot as 100, and it really just fucks with uh, all the... Yeah. numbering of things yes it does but regardless of that we all saw i mean okay we'll, pre- <laughs> we'll preemptively say that we're going to critique this episode in the sense that it has been critiqued and the show at large is literally presented by a sponsor so there's plenty to talk about and a lot of people said a lot <laughs> but this was an amazing episode of television so please <laughs> suspend your disbelief that this is a podcast about bad tv because it's more about the concept that people would consider this bad tv because it was it's, not it's about the links people will go to get money whether it's through a spin-off or through a spin-off that is presented by coca-cola <laughs> and rewritten into a previously uh hit show just because they needed an entry point exactly <laughs> This is this is a great show. So anyway, so if you've never heard of Young Americans, let's just let's just break open the egg right from the beginning. What are your guys' uh, experience with the show? Because I know I have a very specific one, and I'm sure you have maybe different or at least your own unique way of of, of your way in, basically. Well, for me, because uh, you know I never started watching Dawson's Creek till like around season five, so I always went back through TBS. But I'd always like just seen heard in passing, like, oh yeah, it's spinoff Young Americans, which I. I First of all, I was like, well, that's strange that no one really talks about the fact that Dawson's Creek had a spinoff. So that's one thing right no, there. No reason for that. <laughs> exactly. And then, of course, during my uh, viewing of the full Dawson's Creek, I saw how they ham-fistedly threw in that spinoff character of Will Krutsky into season three. And I was like, oh, that's why they don't talk about it. Then I believe it might have been post uh, Rules of Attraction just because I was already on more of an Ian Summerhalder kick than I already was before that. But I'm like, I will go back and watch Young Americans. And then I did. And then I realized I made a huge mistake. Or did I? I'm not watching this. No, no one can make a mistake. How about you, Samantha? Um, Well, so I have a very strong affinity to those early WB years because the network started when I was an adolescent, like early adolescent. And I remember that we had all been watching Buffy when that started. And then when Dawson's Creek premiered, I remember I had a math exam that day. And before the exam started, we were all like, are you going to go home tonight and watch that new show on the WB? Like very excited. 14 year old. It was, it was event television for sure. Yeah. So then I remember I remember the introduction of Will and being like, this is weird. Also because Andy wasn't one of my favorite characters on that show. So I was like... You watched this live, I'm assuming. I watched this live. And the funny thing is that I didn't remember any of it. Like, it was... I definitely watched it. (laughs) Because all of that was, like, very important. But, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that summer there were, like, a lot of other things going on. It was, like, my last high school summer like I was going to be a senior that fall and I feel Mm -hmm. like I watched it 
but like no one talked about it. It wasn't like a thing that we were all really into. Like we watched it because we watched everything else on the WB. But like I completely forgot pretty much everything about it until I rewatched it. Yeah, if you it were recently. a brand, if you were a brand loyalist of the WB, there was a point from like I would say like ninety six or ninety seven till like two thousand two or three. I I mean I I certainly didn't watch everything, but I would give a show a shot just because it was on the WB. Yeah. For sure. And people would always write stuff off as being just teen dramas or teen romance and all that kind of stuff. And it was to a point, but there was still a varying degree. Well, there was like a huge, like, pro- like plethora of different types of shows. Like, right. Everwood would al- always get lumped in with, like, Dawson's Creek. I'm like, those could not be two more different shows. Yeah, we have very ways. different shows. And this because they happen to star teenagers and they happen to be about, you know, sometimes a little bit about loss or whatever, or romance and that kind of stuff. It's still not the same show in, in many ways. I mean, I know, I understand they need to get lumped together in terms of genre, but, but to say that, you know, there was not a lot to watch that wasn't repetitive on the WB, I mean, this episode certainly proves it because this was not like most of what was on the WB at that time, I bet. Right, now. I mean, certainly sponsors, sponsorship aside. <laughs> so for me, though, I never watched, I think I might have watched the pilot because, again, I was such a brand loyalist, I would watch anything. My, my remembrance of this show is I was heavily into... Uh, the Daily Show at this point, and this is when Steve Carell and Stephen Colbert were still on the show, and I remember watching Steve Carell go shirtless in a pro in a in a like a bit where he was making fun of how ridiculous the pilot is, which is basically um, guys obsessed with Coke, which is the whole point of the show. It's Coca Cola Presents. I mean, it makes it makes product placement look so sophisticated now. That's the, I want to link. I'm gonna link the Daily Show piece because. I mean, you could watch the pilot, I guess. That's always a good idea as well. But, like, the the Daily Show piece, I went back and actually found it, too. It really does, like, pull out all the bits of Coke in it. It's insane. Like, there are points where there's, like, people just smiling, handing Cokes to each other. It looks like a commercial. If you you muted the whole first episode, it could be a long commercial. Yeah. And that's kind of the point. It was an hour-long commercial. It was an hour-long commercial. And uh, that's kind of the gist that they were kind of... I I mean, everything was being lampooned. This was being held up as, like, this is what the world has come to. Look at it burn. (laughs) This is kind of the first large mainstream uh, product placement in, in such a obnoxious it was, there have been things before like, this it was Coca-Cola presents young Americans everything it was, everything said that it was before people knew how to do product placement I think I think people were just kind of oh we could just do this you know and present it as but then they also included the product placement they should have pulled the Coke mm-hmm. from it entirely and just used it as Coca-Cola yeah, presents right. or one or the other which is now... They should have, yeah, they shouldn't have included Coca-Cola Presents, because I understand it's clearly Coca-Cola trying to be, like, young and, like, young and cool, but it just had the opposite effect. Right. It did. And I think it turned a lot of people off, because it was the first instance that my, many people, at least myself, uh, had to product placement. Like, nowadays, we mm-hmm. have more sophisticated... I mean, I'm not saying it's perfect, but, like, we always can tell, usually, we're getting marketed to, or at least I can usually, like, oh, look, look at this loving shot mm-hmm. of a BMW. I wonder if they're sponsored by BMW. But... <laughs> But there are much smarter ways to do it, like uh, just the season of Community right, right. they did exactly. with the yeah the or Honda, like, right? And then it took me until like episode eight of Jane the Virgin to realize that it was Target product placement. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I love Target too. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> or I, I believe, I'm trying to think of other shows. Obviously, the real famous one in more recent times has been Chuck because they just, Oprah, they kind of did like transparent product placement where they just put in Subway as Subway commercials and made jokes about it, basically. Right. Which is, I mean, not to say it's perfect or anything, but like that was kind of what reinvented it for more modern comedy sitcom sort of stuff. This was just very clunky and, I mean, it literally was Coca-Cola Presents Young Americans. So we can get into the extra episode, which to me, it, it started out previously, and I made the joke in my notes saying previously on Boys Don't Cry, and then it immediately <laughs> made the joke about Boys Don't Cry. So I was like, yes. oh my god. Oh my god. The show's on my level. <laughs> I was like, I, I, that's where it kind of won me over is that point. Um, but well, actually, it opens with the WV... Uh, WB uh, guy saying, all new, young Americans. <laughs> and of course, he's like, on screen, it says Coca-Cola, summer premiere, young Americans. And it shows a sepia tone clip of the driving we will see later in the episode. Yes, it's so classic WB. Since it's 2000, this is before everything was a fresh episode, I guess. Right. Oh, is that what they call it? Fresh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fresh. Ooh, On a fresh weird. seventh heaven. <laughs> but, so, I never noticed that until just this moment. That's just gonna bother me for the rest of my life. But, okay. You didn't notice that? No. Oh, I miss WB guy. I wonder what he's doing. Is he still alive? I hope so. Rip. Me too. Um. So I um. So the, it starts out with with um. Kate Bosworth obviously was one of the leads. She had Kate she's, Bosworth. She's flat. It's a flash forward to I just stole a Corvette. I just stole a Corvette. I just stole a Corvette. And then she's like, hold up. Let's go back. Freeze to frame. Game. There's a freeze frame. Did she say freeze frame? There, oh, no. there, there is a freeze frame. Uh, hold, hold up. This isn't what it looks like. 12 hours earlier. And it's like, it just throws in every single cliche it could possibly do in 30 seconds. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> and it's like, let's go back to the beginning. Dear Senator Calhoun. I was like, whoa, that's like that's a swift tour. Because I, I didn't remember this whole plot. I mean, I might have seen the pilot yes. I knew just of this, but I didn't remember anything about this. So I was like, this is a very like rapid swerve to just yes. like, dear Senator Calhoun. And, For the children um, at home, uh, previously on Young Americans, in the pilot... Scout, got his name Scout, and Bella, that's Kate Bosworth, they have a little thing going on, but then Bella's uh, dad's like, no, you can't have this, because Bella's actually your sister. What? I mean... And they have the same chin, so it makes sense. (laughs) They do, I noticed that from rewatching the pilot, they have the same chin. But kudos to them for having them not just, like, be, like, you know, well, I guess kind of Rock Mars did the same thing, but, like... To not just be brother or sister, but to actually, like, have them make out or kiss yeah, in right. the same like, episode that's revealed. Like, that's Be- crazy. <laughs> like, Bella's hot dad literally tells him, like, hey, your brother and sister, he runs, and then Bella, like, tries to kiss him, and he's like, oh my god, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> she, she does kiss him, and he's like, oh god. For multiple times. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple different scenes where, like, they're still kind of lingering, like, we're kind of still into each other, right? We still want to like, fuck. Whoa, this is, like... So like, weird. I mean, there's two versions that usually happen in most of that kind of incestual kind of weirdness that happened, uh, certainly on the WB in, in, at points, but definitely on shows in general, where usually it's going to go one of two ways. One, when they find out they're repulsed, which I guess you could say he is. Yes. Although, again, later on in the episode, they seem kind of into it again. They, they both, yeah, you know, they're still, like, really flirty the whole time. There's chemistry, but they're brothers and sisters that's why but so then on top of that though there's the other version it's where they just don't know right and they and you then there's the means- ryan murphy version where they still fuck anyway <laughs> <laughs> just, i feel like that's what this show was gonna go towards but i don't know who knows well um, spoiler alert uh, i believe it's the finale that confirms that they're not brother and sister because apparently in 2000 no one knew how to do a fucking dna test 
<laughs> like, that's all you had to do. But on top of that, though, like, to me, the other version, I should say option three of those, of those, um, realities is usually that someone would they would just be very pious people and they they happen to be brother and sister and be like into each other but they never actually like touch or kiss or anything (laughs) or interact yeah like they're just like kind of into each other and then they find that out like to actually have them not just kiss like kiss like heated kiss it was not like subtle. they were making out they were ready to fuck jeez this show is taking a stance on a lot of things very quickly but um (laughs) So she's she's opens up having stolen a Corvette, and I also mentioned the previ- the previously on Boys Don't Cry joke because the other I wouldn't say joke, but the other plot that was wrapped up is that um, Cat Catherine Moaning, right? Is, I was getting yeah. the name wrong. It's Moaning, Moaning. and um, who is Jake? Is J- <laughs> she's Jake, although she's Jacqueline, and she's just be- going as Jake. She's she is wearing a corset and cross-dressing as a man. To, That's what to, you do when you go to boarding school. <laughs> of course. And you hate your mom. Of but, course. Uh, so, so she is cross-dressing and uh, he was into her from what I could gel from the, from the previous season. I didn't see those episodes. Yes. But... Like, they, they kiss in the first episode. Everything happens in the first episode. Yeah. All those previous seasons are like from the first episode. Ooh, it makes me want to go watch like, it again, to be honest. Yeah, Jake... Yeah, Jake kisses him and is like, yeah. oh, sorry. It's like, not gay, but like totally gay, but obviously not gay. Right. It's a, we'll get into this, but it's a very interesting, like, uh, when Greg Berlanti's sh- name came up as having written it, I was like, of course, that makes much more sense instantly. <laughs> because it was very like, oh, this is a sophisticated plot for a show that's sponsored by Coca-Cola. <laughs> well, I, I, I honestly... I think that just because it's like they needed some c- continued connection to Dawson's Creek. It's like, hey, you're you're still running that show. You can like do something right. He did the best he could. Right. Oh yeah, like I, I think I don't know that this is like his his all in all in because it was also built with someone else yeah. as well. Yeah, this isn't his baby. I think like I think he's the only Dawson's Creek writer that was on this though. Yeah. Which wouldn't surprise me at all. So, but that's the other th- up in the air, and that's a se- separate plot in the episode besides the other, well, there's two, there's maybe three plots altogether, but two major ones, and then uh, one of them is uh, Ian Salmahander and Moaning go on a date uh, as, you know, I guess at this point they're boyfriend girls. Which is a completely different show from the, uh, the rest of the like, show. I watch that show. The other show is a little bit boring. I can't. I feel like this could be a good show if it was separate completely from yeah, everything else. Like, there were actually, I don't know, there was certain points of it that had low points, but it was definitely better than... Well, we will definitely, t- we'll talk about that at length, because that's had some good stuff and some terrible so, stuff. The voiceover but, yeah, joke. Bella's writing a letter to her oh, real dad, which is what she says yeah, in voiceover. She's, she's writing a letter, and she's just like, I never get lonely, you never visit me, is Grace her friend? Like, she's in a back room at the gas station she works at writing a letter in the dark and then gets mad at someone for sneaking up on her. I'm like, what? What are you doing? What sneaking up? I want, like, the voice, the whole voiceover thing of this whole show just maybe be like, this ain't your sister's Dawson's Creek. Because, <laughs> seriously, they, they tried to be so summertime hip. Dawson's Creek? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I wrote That's in my notes. Like, yep. It's beautiful, Latoya. That's a great... <laughs> That's a perfect description that, of the show. That's like the pitch. That's the pitch for the yeah, show, isn't it? It is. That's exactly what like Steve Anton pitched in the room. Like, it ain't your sister's Dawson's Creek. And for some reason, they were like, we should allow this. Yes. And so Grace, um, her, it's, it's okay. So she's old friend well, with Will, well, right? Yeah. That was on Dawson's Creek. Yeah, because she's a townie. So, so they're, they're both yeah, poor. 
All townies yeah, know each other. Um, Calhoun, mm-hmm. the guy that she was hooking up with, we should say. Scott, Scout. Is, Don't forget um, that name. His Scout name is Scout. Calhoun. Scout. Which I was like. He's from Greenwich. He's, he's from Greenwich. Greenwich. <laughs> Fuck him. Oh, God. But, uh. Yeah, so they're, they're. Everyone else is at the diner, and they're just playing, like. Chloe Sevigny or Hilary Swank, which I was at first I was like, no straight guy would ever say that. Then I was like, oh, Jake said it. That explains it all. Like making eye contact when everyone says Swank, and it's like, oh my god. (laughs) Yeah, Ian Ian says Swank, and then like they're eye fucking. (laughs) And it's like no one there. I mean, they must have all seen or heard of Boys Don't Cry. That was a pretty big deal in the nineties, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely that's what he was going for. And then fucking it at this point. <laughs> and then the potato known as Will Krutsky is like Clinton, and then Ian's like Swank. He's like, oh yeah, of course. Swank. And then Shut up, Will Krutsky. Moaning is like like all smiles, like she's like, man, yeah, you know it, because she's basically swanking it up at this point. Um, and then uh... <laughs> meanwhile, Scout wants to fuck his yeah. sister, so he, he goes, goes across the way to find her. And then Grace, that fucking Coke machine's Grace there. Is Scott's little sister, or is it Will's little sister? No, it's no, Bella's it's, sister. Yeah, Bella's little yeah. sister. Wait, what? That was her sister? Yeah, Grace. You didn't get that? Okay, that makes more sense. I thought it was Will's sister. Yeah, Grace is her hussy sister, who is a terrible actress, by the way. Yeah, she had to she was horrible. She, she's an awful actress. She made Kate Bosworth well, look like a good she, actress. How old is Grace? Like, 14, maybe? Like, just, like, sneaking off at They're all, all like, with, like, imp- I thought dudes. this was a college... I spent most of it thinking they were in college. Well, the, the, the main kids, but Grace is younger, right? She's her younger sister. She's dating several of them from the way she talks about then it. Then again, there's a 16-year-old bookie, so who knows what's going oh, on. A uh, beautiful 16-year-old bookie. <laughs> we'll get to that, because I didn't realize who it was at first, and I almost lost it when I did. Uh, so so we, we get her writing this letter, this ominous letter that basically is the, the impetus for the whole episode. Um, and she sticks, this it, she sticks it in her jacket, and then of course Grace mm-hmm. steals the jacket. That's why I thought it was weird after she like after, she sticks it in her jacket. After she bites Scout's head off for like asking, "Hey, you want to go to the diner?" He's not he, he's not asking about the letter. He's not like, "Hey, what's that?" She could just be. It's a journal entry. She is not cool <laughs> under pressure at all throughout this entire episode. No, and it would have made much more sense for her to put the, the letter in like the the gas station or just close or the notebook. Right, like. It was a very poor decision, but so in, in a mm-hmm. frantic, like, you know, whoa, we gotta hide this, she throws it in the jacket pocket, Grace then later borrows that jacket and goes out all over town, because Grace is Grace. Yeah, she's just, like, standing on a corner waiting for a ride, like, this is she goes everywhere, too. iffy. Then, then we get the credits, which are <laughs> Actually, wait, before we get to the credits, before we get to the credits, I'm sorry I I sang too early. I just want to say real quick, when she realizes that Grace took her jacket and the letter's in there, she's like, no, Grace, no. And the voiceover says, the letter. Like, we fucking saw what happened, show. There's no need for the voiceover, the letter. Oh, man. But as I was saying, Now, who sings that? Some band that's a mix between Smash Mouth and Sublime and just terribleness. It sounded like Counting Crows to me, but I knew it couldn't have been. It's Counting not. Crows. No, it it's not. not Crows. Yeah, it's it Sublime meets Smash Mouth with Coke commercial. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> and I, I felt like, I felt like they literally like 
I almost like like sometimes I feel like people write shows around like opening credit songs, and I feel like that was like one of them. They had that <laughs> time planned out, set to go, and then they were just like, okay, now we'll just you know. It was like Steve Anton's friends band. He's like really promised them this know. time. I get my own show. You get your own theme. <sighs> I don't. I don't know who wrote it, but it was amazing, basically. And um, oh, here we go. It's called the. Get- oh God, I don't. Even- I don't know how I would say it. It's the Getaway People. Six okay. Packs. The song's called Six Packs? Of course it's called Six Packs. Oh my god, their song The Good Life was covered by Jesse McCartney. So, what the fuck is going on around here? There she goes? Oh, that makes what? sense. Okay. Wait, what? The getaway people wrote There She Goes. That That's the sound I was thinking of. That I think, right? I don't know. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Uh, uh, that song, There She Goes Again. That song? Yeah, I think so. It was featured in um, The Sweetest Thing, Bring It On. Bring It On, like, yeah. Yeah. So it definitely, you'll, you'll recognize it. I'll link that in the in the, the description as well. But it, it's a so very... yes, that shitty theme song, I believe, like, what we were like talking a, about. Like a country beat with like a rapper over top, basically. But not like a rapper, but like a... I shouldn't say rapper. It's like a Sugar Ray rapper. It does sound like a cook commercial. It's even called Six Packs. Like, it's not even subtle. Jesus. So then special a- guest star Charlie Hunnam. I didn't see that. For I was so you caught up with the that? <laughs> I was like, what is he a special guest star for? The oh, why? What is this post undeclared? Yeah, this was. It seemed weird. Like, like this was two thousand. Why was he a spec? Why didn't he deserve well, he was a special guest star? At established that point, in so. Britain, I think. Like he did a couple things there. He wasn't like major. I guess this. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna look at his IMDb again to out. see what That's, it was post. That does not make sense to me. It was post queer as folk. That's what it was. Okay. I knew there was just like immediately okay, post. Yeah. It was, but I remember because even when he was on undeclared, I remember looking him up and thinking. How has this guy not worked more? Because he's great. Um, but it was before Undeclared. He went to Undeclared after <laughs> and, this, which makes sense because yeah. it's kind of almost a vaguely related character, I guess. It's his college version. And well, Samantha, you were absolutely wh- right because this would have been the season, like, uh, this was definitely the season that Chad Michael Murray was on Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And yeah, he's definitely he's, Chad Michael Murray. He's, he's the Chad Michael Murray stand-in. Chad Michael Murray played that same role on multiple WB shows. It just happened yep. that he had to be on another one. <laughs> so they had to find <laughs> someone else. Now it's just like, because all I can imagine is that they would have still had this character be British, so it would have been Chad Michael Murray with a British accent. Or they were like, well, he's the only blonde I, kid we could find, he's got a British accent. They're like, I don't know, whatever, no one will care. Let's <laughs> put him in. I mean, Close he has, enough. He even he has does. the same hair. It's, it's like they went to. It's like, <laughs> it's like they went to the hairdresser and then had a picture of Chad Michael Murray, and they're just like, "Could you do something similar?" <laughs> uh, oh God, Charlie Hunnam for like the early part of his career. It's like they, it's like they clearly wanted someone else, but then they just settled for Charlie Hunnam because in Undeclared, I'm like, oh, they clearly. wanted James Franco, right? <laughs> but I loved him on that show. I think he's one of the best parts of it. Yeah, he's exactly. He was great. Like and it, so it, works. it doesn't matter what the year, his British accent never sounds real. No, I still remember thinking, well, this guy can't really be British, and then looking it up and thinking, Jesus Christ. Like, maybe he just, like, Americanized it super early for his career, oh, but it's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It so, so, opening credits distracted me from seeing the Charlie Hunnam thing. The only thing I caught was the Greg Berlanti wrote it, because that comes up right afterwards, mm-hmm. but... So Charlie Hunnam snuck in because there was so much insanity happening, um, and then once mm-hmm. that all went down, it, it shows up to be uh, them sitting around, well, the two main guys, or one of the main yeah. guys, sitting at a poker table, basically. They were playing poker all night, apparently, at 
Joe's. This is one of the uh, most... Because Grace is dropped off at 6 a.m. <laughs> which is not okay. Does she have to, like, go to school? Like, I really... Well, I guess it's summertime, but still, like... But they're still... It's a boarding school, so why are they there still? They should be home, right? Or no? It's some summer semester, I guess. I don't understand it at all. <laughs> so, like, I still, yeah. None of the school logistics make sense. Why are people matriculating sophomore year? That many people. And mm-hmm. why are they there for the summertime? Like, none of that. And how remote and elite <laughs> is this school if, if Kate Bosworth can come and go as she pleases? Because she's oh, yeah. crazy and, around and all over the I'm like, she can't fucking be on campus. And then Scout's not. like, you're not supposed to be on campus. I'm like, Scout, you are actually the best character on the show. <laughs> and your name's Scout. <laughs> so that should say a lot, but it's still amazing. <laughs> but so there's this intense poker game going on with, again, I was introduced with, with this, to the show with the scene of basically boys don't cry words, a guy and a guy, mm-hmm. potentially a guy kissing, and then it turns and you realize it's Kate moaning. It could have been two guys. I didn't know at first, but so that that's in my head. It could have been two girls. It Ian is very yeah, pretty. Exactly. It's it's, it's, it's androgyny. The show. Um. So that's fine. And then I have that in my brain going on. And then this intense poker game starts, and everyone's eye fucking all this the whole fucking time. It's so intense, and the music is like, "Ooh, is he gonna get the right hand?" It's like, who cares? Will Krutsky was boring on Dawson's Creek. He's bo- boring in every episode of Young Americans. Yes. His last name is Krutsky. He's a potato. <laughs> uh, so at one point, though, he does say, "I call," and I swear to God, I was like, for us all to have an orgy. <laughs> it, was like, it felt wow, so wow. erotic, and it was just so. It's- so, this is such a so, it's such a homoerotic show, it is, it is and it's amazing. It's realistic, I think. If you're all living in a boarding school and you're all eye fucking each other that much over money, odds are somebody's kissing somebody, whether it's, it's an androgynous girl or not. It all goes back to that like scene from the opening when they're all running to the lake because they're like they're trying to meet with the girls from the Raleigh school for the girls. But it's like you never, ex- besides seeing the girls once, you never see them running with the girls. It's a lot of the guys just all like naked and staring at each other. It's like this is very very gay. <laughs> That's great. I don't know. Again, this is great. I, I would watch a show that was just the guys kind of being a little bit gay. Because <laughs> that's what it was, honestly. I mean, the whole, the Ian Solander and um, Catherine Moaning part is almost 100% just like, what am I, like, feeling? Like, that's, it's kind of great. Like, it's just very it's, ambiguous yeah. and complicated. It's actually, and, you know. The show touching on something interesting, and I'm sure that's the Greg Berlanti part, because he has, like, a co-writing credit. Exactly. I think he wrote that part of the I episode, honestly. Did. That's what I was thinking, I swear. But so either way, they're all basically um, in this room, poker slash eye-fucking, and he, it, like an idiot, puts up his old laptop as collateral, and it was so- uh, His was like- $500 laptop, 500-pound laptop. No poor kid would ever put up their laptop as collateral. Like, well, based on no the character de- development we got from season three of Dawson's Creek, he and Pacey would regularly hustle people. So I guess he thought he was doing that there. You need, you need Pacey for that, please. <laughs> you can't do that on your own. <laughs> Pacey was the Pacey brains would, of that operation. And most Pacey just would have, like, on. fucking knocked Charlie Hunnam out and taken the laptop back. Exactly. The end of the episode. Yes. And so anyway, so he puts up this... this laptop is collateral the joke being he says it's even in the in the episode saying it's that ancient piece of junk but like nowadays it looks even more and i don't i don't imagine there was ever a laptop that cost 500 bucks because even nowadays laptops that cost 500 bucks aren't 
You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I felt. I feel like, like it would, honestly, would have been more expensive. Exactly what I'm because, saying. Like, it was yeah. way, yeah. way, way too cheap for a laptop. Back then, laptops were like $7,000. Maybe he got it from a pawn store. There was a point, I remember, not gonna lie, guys, which is, I mean, I brag about it, but I remember having to get a laptop for school, and the options were in the 7,000s. And those were not even that great compared to nowadays laptops. So there's yeah. no way. And that was a much nicer version of what that was. That This wasn't like some weird Toshiba box. This was, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, like an HP pavilion or something like that. So it was certainly a little bit more updated. This was like a really, really, really ancient, like brick looking thing. So it was like $500. I'm like, that would have cost him like at least seven grand. Maybe he got it secondhand. Who knows? But he offers it up knowing that all his work's on there. There's no cloud at this mm-hmm. point. It's not a very smart thing. He to left do. the disc in me for forgot about that because he's a fucking idiot. Hey, guess what? You're gonna put your laptop on the, on the table, pop the disc out at least, you know? Like, right. also, I love that people had discs with things on them <laughs> because that just doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Um, so, so he, he puts his laptop on the table because he's got four kings, but of course, Charlie Hunnam wins all things. He has a straight flush. And they just, t- I kind of enjoyed that it wasn't like, the, you know, the, the poor kid being an asshole and, and, and fucking over the rich kid, which, I mean, fine. But like, but, like, yeah, like, honestly, Crutchkrieg kind of started as, like, you wouldn't want to play and lose your money. It's like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, and it's kind of awkward, too, because you're supposed to be cheering for this kid to be, like, you know, showing it to them or something, I guess you're supposed to be. But, like, he, he lost. It wasn't, if we found out that, like, Charlie Hunnam had cheated or something, fine. He yeah, lost. but that's never the case. He like, owes, he lost fair and square. Yeah, he should just have to deal with it. And then he should just be like, I made a stupid mistake. I'm not going to get that letter back. Oh, darn. They're acting like this Charlie Hunnam kid. I mean, he's definitely a bit of a prick, but, like, at the end of the day, he's not, like, wrong. He won fair and square. Yeah, and it was right. his game and his place, and you didn't even need to show up and do it. It's not like he, like, forced it. Was it was 6am! It was all very, like, like, oh, I came all the way here, and now I can't even, like, loot. Like, you just, you what an asshole. So, well, I think they, they did this thing where, like, we're supposed to find the leads sympathetic because mm-hmm. they're the leads, but there's no, like, like work or reason behind that at all they're just there like they're none of them have i mean i guess scout's okay but like especially yeah. will is just like why would i root for this kid it's it's again something i didn't understand from Justice creek he's not likable and the actor sucks he really does. honestly and honestly he's he's just as he's a potato he's just as, <laughs> i mean keep saying that he's just as bad as charlie hunnam in this to me like they're both just mm-hmm. obnoxious guys being dicks Charlie Hunnam happens to be a better actor, so I end up siding with him because I'm like, at least he's interesting. Oh, but also we do have to, I guess we have to deal with the fact that we're supposed to like Will because he has the backstory of his dad being abusive. Oh, I didn't know. You know who also has that backstory? Pacey goddamn Witter, and he's a million times better than Will Kroski could ever be. (laughs) Yeah, he's just a, he's a real prick. So he, so he, you know, loses essentially is kicked out of the room just like sorry buddy and then he goes back all of his friends are really sweet though they all offer him yeah money. it was really nice and he's just like no nah, i don't want it i'm like just take yeah my prime and, and like they offer like just to give him money uh hamilton and jake and he's like no but scout's like i'll just give you a loan and you can always pay me back it's like no i got myself into this but, shut the fuck up better to loan better to bring to, to have to pay your friend back than have to pay like this dude back like, it's just Right. Like, and Scout's not, it's not like he's just some random kid. He's, like, son of a senator. He could handle the, tw- the $500 loan. And he's supposedly his best friend at this point, it's so, so, like... so insane. Uh, 
and, and these are all, I mean, even if he was like, I don't want to take all your money, then split it between the three of them. That's still like, what? I don't know. I'm not good with math, but at least like 12 something a piece. So, or 120 <laughs> a piece. So like, it wouldn't be the end of the world if, it wouldn't be the end of the world if he had bought, if he had had a deal with them. Owing Honestly, money, basically. they should have gone behind his back and just paid for the goddamn laptop. It's so yeah. fuck himself. Well, what episode am I thinking of that we've done, Latoya? It's reminding me of something that we've. Done. I know, I know exactly. What, I'm trying to think of it too. I know it wasn't John Doe, <laughs> but it was something else. <laughs> it was definitely a character where we got super pissed at them because they being, would. Oh, it was, it was, it was a pride thing, and he was poor. Oh yes, it was Johnny Harper in the oh, OC. Of course it that was. piece of shit. Yes, that piece of oh. So when your rich friends offer, okay. Speaking of pieces of shit, uh, when your rich friends speaking <laughs> of potatoes, when yeah. your rich friends offer you money, <laughs> take it. At the end of the day, they're not even going to remember they gave it to you because they have so much money. Like, I mean, they a- really aren't. Like when those shoes that Jake wore on her date with Hamilton are more money than that laptop. Easily, <laughs> easily. Her bike is more, more. I mean, her bike was gorgeous. That was also expensive. Like, these are people who have money to throw around. She's got a bike and a full wardrobe of, of clothes that she's got in hiding that she's not even using on a regular basis because she's she's cross-dressing as a man. So she has that kind of money lying around. She can handle the, like, give you, what, like, 250 bucks and then split it with someone else or something? So, like, it was all very frustrating to hear him just be like, oh, I don't want your money. I did this for me. And then he proceeds to endanger all of their lives by bringing in all the stupid ideas and, like, scheming instead of just being an adult and dealing with it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, it... Like, a real adult would be like, yes, I will take your money, my good friend, and it, I will pay you back. Even if <laughs> even if you don't want me to pay you back, I will pay you back. There. That's the mature thing to do. Right. And, and instead, he's made out to be, you know, the hero. Well, he's a townie, you know. He's got struggles. <laughs> but she's a ta- Okay, but Bella's also a townie, and Bella, well, her reason is a lot more legitimate. So you don't even need his bullshit paper excuse to get well, back. We Bella is clearly manic based on this episode. <laughs> Honestly, she kind of is. It was maybe before she had the opportunity to get the help she needed, but for sure, she was definitely a little bit out there. Because she is immediately thrown into a tizzy because, okay. She's no Joey Potter, by the way. She's no Joey Potter. Oh, no. It's ridiculous how much the show basically ripped off Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Like, I loved it. It was insane, and it was a, 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 you know, whirlwind ride, but it was almost, like, beat for beat. Just like, well, here's our, like, analog Joey. Here's our analog Jen. Jen even, they even had the short hair. Like, obviously, Moaning is, is cross-dressing, but it was basically just, I feel like both Moaning and Ian Slamahander were just Jen rolled into it. <laughs> <laughs> it was, like, Jen's two personalities. It's like, how can we do, how can we do more of a disservice to Jen Lindley on a different show? And it's like, just make her <laughs> yeah. two characters. Characters. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> what are they gonna do? They just, like, hang out together? I don't know. Let them fuck or something. Alright, that was good. Next. And then that ended up being the more interesting character. As usual. Like, Jen like, Lindley was. Exactly. Dawson's Creek. And as Tom's <laughs> Mappity would always call Will Krudsky, he was Diet Dawson. Yeah. And it was not even, like, if you squinted, you could even see the Dawson in it. Like, I... It's, like... Dawson Leary is obsessed with Steven Spielberg, like, wants to murder people and be Steven Spielberg. And I feel like Will Crosby is the guy running up behind him trying to do the same thing. Well, no, uh, based on the pilot, Faulkner is the uh, Steven Spielberg to Will Krudsky. Oh, yes. God. Greatest writer of all time, Faulkner. You can tell that from the voiceovers from the other ones. It's, like, what? so pseudo-deep 
when it's Will doing the voiceover, and I'm just like, yeah, oh, Th- that's what a lot of Hemingway, and you think that makes you really, really cool. Finn, of course, Finn. his favorite author is Faulkner. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't know that, but of course it is. Finn shuts him down immediately in that pilot. He's like, actually, the greatest writer of all time is Shakespeare. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, the writers only shows, it's odd, because at the time I was watching them the first time around, like Dawson's Creek as well, you kind of, and even, I guess, Everwood too, to a point, you kind of get this vibe where they're trying to prop up these main boring white guy characters as the end-all be-all, but then by the end of the show, you realize, oh no, they were tearing that character down from the beginning, and we just watched them, like, fall into a drain and then wash away. Because... (laughs) All, every single one of them ends up a horrible per- like in a terrible situation and, and down on their luck. I mean, you could claim Dawson's Creek ends with him being like realizing some of his dreams. <laughs> he gets to realize uh, Steven Spielberg. He's gonna meet him so he can kill him. <laughs> Take his well, skin he gets to it. spend his life writing fan fiction about his childhood. Oh. <laughs> Oh, Creek God. days. So, so I understand that like side of it, but it, it it definitely comes across here that even though Will is the main character. They don't really care, like, they, they, he's almost just incidental to the plot. Like, they clearly knew once the show started going that he was more like a, a straight man, boring, like, yeah. wall to bounce things off They of. just could have stayed the course. I feel like they, they realize it during the Dawson's Creek's, like, backdoor episodes, but they're like, yeah. we're already doing it. Whoops, he's already got a contract signed, whoops. It's just kind of <laughs> weird, too, like, just the star power of, like, supporting and guest actors, and then you have this guy as the lead. It, I mean, that was it, clearly it. Like they couldn't turn back, honestly, with this guy. It's like we're just gonna stay the course while everyone else around him is so much more dynamic and like has a future in acting. Yeah, I mean, they're side characters. Whether you like like Bosworth for or whatever, but at least they're having like you know some kind of a little bit. She's got something going on. Like she at least not, has a draw. Yeah, and. And to have, to have, like, I think Suzuki was on... Yeah, uh, Zuckri. I never say his name right, but Matt Suzuki was on the last episode, and then in this episode we have Charlie Hunnam. These are people who are literally on... They're, like, I wouldn't say they're obviously not... Well, I mean, you could say Hunnam obviously is, now has a huge film career, and um, you know, he, he started a TV show, but... Michelle Monaghan was in an episode, too. Yeah, yeah, so these are all people who are established actors who are their own draw for a lot of people at this point. So, you may not love it, and it definitely took them a little bit longer to get there than some of the people, but, and same with Salt mm-hmm. Samohander as well, but, like, you could just feel them being closer to what they are now than this kid ever was. So, like, it was very, like, t- I want to watch more about Ry- Ryder, even though Ryder's a boring, like, prick, at least he was charismatic, you know? Like, this other mm-hmm. guy was just very dull, and, like, it's almost like when the scenes cut to him... The air went out of the room because it was so boring. It was like, mm-hmm. Ugh. but um, so so in in this little bit, they've now they've lost the laptop in this poker game. They all offer him money. Mm-hmm. Every it's very like you know, oh and, no, what's gonna happen now? He's also- like, I won't take your money. And Scout's like, I'm gonna go hit the showers because. <laughs> and one of his friends what? is like, you know, I'm <laughs> here. He says, you know, I'm here if any if you need me. Like it was. Again, so homoerotic. It was insane. Like, it was... And then he's like, I'm gonna go hit the showers. Like, I was like, why? Everyone's sitting together on the shower. I'm just <laughs> reading this. And then, of course... And I'm not even just... I, again, I would say this is all, like, me putting subtext into things. But then the show, again, calls out the subtext by saying, you know, Jake and Hamilton are definitely, 
you know. Oh yeah, they, and they were like, yeah, definitely. And it's like, so they, I did actually kind of like that just because they they realize those two are fucking around behind their backs, but they don't even care. It's like okay. And yeah. nobody at this point, I didn't know. Nobody at this point knows that Jake is a, a woman in, no. besides Kate Bosworth. Kate Bosworth found out the I, episode before, I believe. No, I think it's the ne- the next one. So I think oh, it's no, just they, Hamilton. They meet in this episode. I think she obviously has like a hint based on the last thing in the oh, episode. Oh, cute jacket. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, like, she's like, no, like, did she say cute coach bag or whatever? She, like, specifically posted, like... I don't like, know. Something like, obvious way to, something. way to be a girl for once at the worst time possible. Yeah, <laughs> like, exposed to everybody. Although, I, I mean, I, I, okay, it's her own life. I don't know what she's doing. But, like, none of those people <laughs> would probably... I mean, she doesn't know Kate Bosworth as well at that point, but none of her friends at that point, I don't think, would really judge her, right? I don't really feel like, no. you know... And she Just, knows a lot of their secrets, I think. They know about the whole Kate Bosworth... Incest and there's fucking uh, Krutsky cheated, cheated to get into the, the school, yeah. So I don't know. So regardless of that, everyone on the show is secretly gay, uh, and they <laughs> know about it. They are like, oh, they're definitely banging, and they don't know. So I actually kind of enjoyed. I'm like, well, I'm like, that's a nice, like, just flat out, no, no judgment at all. Just like, oh, they're definitely sleeping together. They don't care at all. It's just like we know, we know, and then they go off because they're they're so obvious about they it. They are so obvious about it. But again, I don't, I don't remember. What I was watching else besides this was obviously Dawson's Creek, but um, it did, I mean, I, I know that the Jack stuff had already started at that point, but it, di- it did still feel like a much more realized plot than some shows had, at least regarding genderqueer stuff, because mm-hmm. it is, it gets into it. Like, we'll get into later into the episode, but it, it even just them acknowledging that they're sleeping together and not, like, making some kind of a comment and then having to build up their character, like, look, they understand now. It's not even like that. Like, mm-hmm. they're just like, okay. Which I don't. I haven't seen later episodes, so maybe they go back on that instantly. But it certainly felt a little bit more fresh than some of the stuff I was watching at that point. I bet. Yeah. Um. So they are now chasing after this laptop. They got to figure it out. But in the meantime, um, uh, we also know that that letter is in the mix. So they have two like motivators to try and get to the stuff that Ryder well, took. The, he the reason he wants the laptop back, which is like the reason he's like in a hurry, is because Ed Quinn, uh, Finn, is like, Hey, I have an app an application for this whole stipend thing. It's a thousand dollars. You wrote a great essay because you're a writer and Faulkner and Hemingway. <laughs> Deadline today at 5 p.m. I told you last minute when you gave me this paper last week. What a shitty... I mean, like, okay, thank you, teacher, but also, what a shitty teacher. (laughs) Like, you give him this opportunity and then rip it from him immediately by making him only have an hour and a half to do it, basically. (laughs) Or I don't know when he comes. I guess it's like... But it's by the end of the day, and he's he's looking for the disc. He's like, of course you left it on the computer, dumbass. But, like, honestly, he's living on campus. He's a kid. There are a lot of factors here that back then printing out a piece of printing out paper and then getting it to the post office was not quite as simple. Stamps.com didn't exist, guys. <laughs> so like By the way, stamps.com, if you want to sponsor our podcast, please. we'll allow it. I'm ready to read that copy. <laughs> Going oh, to the yeah. post office is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but so like it is a stamps.com like literal situation where it was like, Oh, I have to get to the post office but like at that point the post office is a more complicated, and I don't know that they have cars. They might have cars. It's well, yeah, some of them have cars, no, but it, not it's all of them. Real, I, it's one of the things I really liked about it is that they let them be fifteen, and everyone's always riding like bicycles. The only one who has like a car type thing mm-hmm. is oh, Jake. right, it's Jake. Okay, well, I didn't remember that. That, that makes a lot more sense because yeah. I knew that they didn't have cars for some part of it, but I didn't know if it was because they just didn't. Show yeah, because like in the in the pilot, like uh, Scout's riding his bike too. Yeah. To get that Coca Cola. <laughs> Coca Cola. 
So he has this now this grant hanging over his head that has a deadline of like six hours from now. So he's got to get that laptop back because he goes to his room, of course. The only copy he had was that. And I'm like, oh, this is such a classic. I really love, I, this is my one note here. I love mm-hmm. out-of-date plots. Like, it, it, there's something especially really, like, like lovely. And, like, it's almost like a whole, I'm trying to think. Of, there's probably movies that are the equivalent of this. But it's a very unique, like, it's like a, a period piece instantly. Because there's no situation nowadays that necessarily would be the same problem because mm-hmm. everyone's got some version of a backed up drive somehow like even if if you had that, that that paper and you had to give it to your professor he would have had to scan it and upload it to whatever place he was submitting it for or you emailed it to him or it's on the server for the school mm-hmm. or some version of that would happen and then it'd the be, cloud the cloud the zip drive all that <laughs> stuff so like it was a very out-of-date problem which is i i had already printed out to him given it to him and then, he, I guess he couldn't ask for it back. He should have immediately He's, gone He said it. he was going to do that, but I was like, well, before, Finn was saying it has to be a new printed copy, because I'm assuming there would be, like, grading marks yeah, there on the copy like, he has. Oh, yeah, maybe that's it. So, yeah, when Will's like, I'll just go with Finn, I'm like, well, that's not going to do anything, so you're just wasting time, idiot. <laughs> well, he could technically see that. See, my version of that was if he got that, he could just recopy it and just type it all up again. That's the True. alternative, but it's it's still a very. But he won't version. take the charity of the library for using their computers, Mora. <laughs> so, Jesus Christ. So, <laughs> so he's now screwed. He basically has to get the laptop. It's the only place that the, that the uh, the essay exists at this point. So he um, runs off to go find it. Runs into a bunch of smokers, which I believe at this point I was still referring to him as the poker guy because I didn't realize mm-hmm. it was Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> you have face blindness, my friend. Well, it was a very, it was a very old uh, rip that I watched. So it was well, yeah, same. Blurry. But like, and he has real short hair, and I kind of pay knew attention it was to someone things. I recognized, but. I was so thrown off by those credits, I'm telling you. Were you too distracted by his henchman with the bucket hat? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff I was watching. And I was just like, he feels familiar, but I, I, he didn't... Also, when he was first introduced, he didn't talk that much. He mm. talked a little bit. Like, he was just like, you know, poker yeah. shit, where he's like... I assumed, so actually, you would have... I assumed you would have noticed it was him when he was walking to his car, because he was doing that strut, which I thought he had created just for Jax on Sons of Anarchy, but no, he always walks like that, apparently. No, he, he walked with that on Undeclared, too. I remember that. I think yeah. there's actually an episode where he teaches someone how to walk. <laughs> I, I'm not... I think he might even walk like I'm that in Nicholas Nickleby. <laughs> Charlie had him so weird, you guys. He is. It's great. He's kind He's of like a strange individual version of, like, a, a Channing Tatum. So weird. Which is ironic, because the name Love is Charlie it. Hunnam. But it's, like, literally, like, if Channing Tatum was yeah. British, it'd be Charlie Hunnam. Because he's just... Mm-hmm. He's, like... He's capitalizing on that same... I feel like Charlie Hunnam didn't get into action and drama early enough. He was trying to go after a lot more, like, like comedy slash sitcom slash teen stuff because he had a young baby face. And he, if he had gotten mm-hmm. into action a little bit earlier on, I think he would have been a bigger draw. Or I guess maybe Chase Ham did the same. Maybe they should be in something together and then we can all just die. <sighs> but so... So anyway, so he's, he's with his lunkies walking into the woods smoking so you know they're bad guys um they are <laughs> Coca-Cola what the bucket hat? um and in the <laughs> woods they like make fun of um at this point after he goes past them they make fun of uh jake which is jacqueline and uh i never remember what is he hamilton hamilton, okay. hamilton he has a super hamilton. white name <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh jake and ham are on the bike and they make fun of the bitch seat, which is it's kind of like I kind of bullshit, but I do really enjoy that they don't have him like push her and like well put it's two guys. Yeah, he 
Hamilton just like gives him back shit too. He's like, like, he gives him like a your mom joke basically. I'm like, good for you, Hamilton. And then they basically just like, boom, get on the back of the bike and drive off. Like, fuck you guys. We're just two dudes on a bike. It's pretty great. I don't. I was just like, well, that's a very nice way to like wrap that scene up. It could have gone a lot of different ways where it would be like this awkward like. They decide to switch seats, but I'm like, well, they don't know it's mm-hmm. another, they don't know it's a girl. I don't want to be bitch, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, they go running off, you know, for their date, I think, at this point, or no? Yeah, they're having a real date, yeah. because they beforehand, they were- a real date. Yeah. Beforehand, as they were in, like, their room together, and she was reading Allure, because, with Brittany on the cover- <laughs> With yeah. Brittany on the cover. Yeah, Hamilton was talking about how he was, like, still confused because it's, like, honestly, it's a confusing thing. When, like, first of all, you think this is just a dude, then it turns out to be a girl, but and it's a whole thing. And I, that's why I like this part of the episode, honestly, because they, even though there's a lot of just some shittiness to each other, it's, like, they honestly just talked about the fact that this is a weird situation. Yeah, because it, it is. is. And they give it a moment for him to be, like, he is essentially, I believe, like a 15 or 16 year old kid, too. He has a reason to be upset, honestly. Yeah, and he's like, They both have reasons to be upset. This is messing with both of our gen- gender identities and, like, whatever we're into. And then, and they're not, like, having a problem with it necessarily, but they're just, like, it's a new thing for me to have to deal with. Because, mm-hmm. and plus yeah. they're all, they're being secret, too, so it's, it's, there's a lot of other stuff at play, so he, he doesn't know how to act around because, again, it's also interesting, because it's not, it is obviously there's some, there's some, like, you know, whether or not they're, you know, kind of feeling like maybe it's because, like, you're, you look like a guy that I'm into you, is that part of it? But that's, that, they, they bring that up. But it's also, like, a lot of gender stuff, too, where it's like, well, she doesn't really kind of identify, I mean, she is definitely a woman, and she, I think, identifies as one, even though she's cross-dressing, but she mm-hmm. even acknowledges, like, look, I'm not really into this whole, like, you know, being in the female role in the relationship. Even though she's the one who fucking calls out the coach bag at the end yeah, of the that episode. Kind of ruined it, but... Blowing up her own spot, basically. I, again, I really think you're right. I think Greg Berlanti wrote everything else, and then in the end, in the beginning, and all that other stuff was written by the other guy. We can't yes. be sure, but I want to believe. Um, so, so, so she basically calls him out on, like, yeah, I get that it's weird. I'm weirded out, too. Well, let's, let's have a real date and figure this out. And they're like, this sounds good. Um, and then in the meantime, there's one of these terrible lines where it's just such a classic WB line where someone was like, someone says to Kate Bosworth, it was like, uh, oh, I, I thought I had the winning hand because I had the four kids. Oh God, yes, I quoted this too. And then she says, well in, this, what you, well, in this town, you never do. Yeah. When are you going to learn, Will? In this town, you never do. I'm like, oh, shut the fuck oh, up. I like got angry WB. at the script. I got so angry. It could have, they could, they could have pulled that bit and showed it in promos for the rest of the show. I'm sure they did. They had to have shown it in promos. <laughs> there was no way they did not. It was so insane. It was just, it was terrible. And so it was, it was like a classic, like, um, even like movies at this time were using that kind of language too. It was just very like angsty teen. Right. In this it's, town you never do. There's no way it was in the promos along with like his line from the uh, pilot like, I think I'm gonna like it here. All that. Oh god, that's awful. <laughs> but it's also bullshit as well. Let's really, I wanna track that down for a second because it's not true. Because in this town, his father's a senator. He's doing just fine, you know? I guess the bad hand he's getting, the other guy's getting dealt is that, you know, his sister is the one who wants to fuck him. But, you know, <laughs> it's still it happens. a winning hand. I don't know. But then we find out on top of all of this going on that uh, Charlie Hunnam, his character Ryder, the, not only did he take the, uh, the the laptop and then the letter that fell out of Grace's 
jacket, although we may not know this at this point. I, we, I don't really remember. Yeah. The, the, the one thing was, because they go into his room, they go through stuff, like, the she's looking for the letter in the jacket. It's not there. So I don't know why she was like, oh, we gotta go find the jacket more. It's like, it's not in the fucking jacket. Move on. Yeah. So they <laughs> hide in a closet, basically, trying to get out of the way so he can just go through his shit. And then mm-hmm. he has 20, 20 grand or $2,000? I thought it was he, 20 grand, but I guess it's only $2,000. Yeah, he, it's like, he has uh, 2000 I think he owes 3000 Oh, okay. So he said, I thought he was saying 20 grand. I'm probably wrong. Yeah. This is when I realized it was but Charlie yeah. Hunnam as well. I was like, wait a minute, this is Charlie Hunnam. <laughs> and he owes, Joe, <laughs> he owes Joe the bookie this stuff. So. But this is why I knew it was him, too. It's He starts talking to himself about pawning everything, which was really bad, actually. To I mean, he did okay. To the pawn but... shop, what sounds like to the porn shop. I'm like, But that's when I knew it was him, I swear shop. to God. When he starts talking like that, I'm like, I know that accent. <laughs> I know that weird accent. <laughs> I know that weird, ambiguous, not quite British, not quite American accent. <laughs> And of course it was him. I googled it. It was him. And uh, so uh, that's. I mean, it, it, it's ridiculous. To the now, porn now we shop. have real motivation to get that fucking bag back because everything's in it. Basically. Oh well, actually, um, and then when he, he takes the jacket too and he puts it on and looked good on him, but he's like, "Ooh, towny slut outerwear." And then once Bella and uh, Potato come out, she like is so angry. He's like, "He insulted my sister." I'm like. Are you really upset about how he insulted your sister? Really? I mean, like, you seem to be... really. You just seem like you had a, that good of a situation going on, considering your sister is a wild child who comes home at six a.m. from weird poker <laughs> orgies. Yeah, I fuck orgies. Um, and also, I don't know. The episode that I watched had a gross point commercial at this point, which was pretty. Yes, yeah, so, that was great. It's like I'm so yeah, for those so that... happy. Yeah. For those of you that oh, don't God. remember the show, that's where we're at in the in the interim of what things are happening. Gross Point is being advertised in between. Yeah, for the fall, because this was a summer show. Oh, God, so good. A summer show that was supposed to translate into fall, like the OC did, but it was, oh, this it is no not. OC, people. This <laughs> ain't your sister's OC. Coca-Cola had polar bears there in the, <laughs> in the fall and winter. They didn't have time for this shit anymore. But, um, so the Gross Point commercial airs, and then we get the, you know... Uh, look, there he is. This was one of the funniest cuts to him. Do you guys remember this? They're 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 sneaking up trying to find Charlie Hunnam, right? Yeah. So- Scout's now pa- part of this because he's like he was stalking them. He's like, I want to know what's going on, and like then they tell him blah 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 blah. And Scout's the only one who's pointing out just fucking talk to the writer and be like, hey, give me your letter, and hey, tell Finn about the whole stealing of the computer. Scout's the only one who uses his brain in this entire show. Which is ridiculous. Besides, he's a besides Hamilton yeah. and Jake, but they're off in their own little world, so yeah, they're they're using other things. Um, but so the, there's this ridiculous scene where they they're like lurking in the bushes, literally on campus. Again, she shouldn't be there. And yeah, they, Scout's like you're not, not supposed to be here. But then they say, "Look, there he is," and they cut to Charlie Hunnam, and it's this really intense music, like. It's like da, 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 like that kind of like intense music, and it's literally Charlie Hunnam being a cute little charming little boy throwing pieces of grass at a friend like a he little is. angel. Like it looked like it was if you cut to what someone, a jerk, like, what a jerk, and it's like he's picking a flower. It was like the stupidest. Like if it had been a joke, it would have landed perfectly. I don't think it was meant to be. I think Charlie Hunnam's just so charming that even when he's supposed to be a prick. You can't hate him all the way. It's like, time for um, me to be so, adorable. 
Yeah, so he's literally, like, pulling little pieces of grass and tossing them with a smile at his friend, like a little kitten. And then, uh, so everyone's like, ugh. And they decide to- What um, a prick! Make a plan to get rid of this. That the, they, they have to get- they get- they have to get to his stuff, and they don't know where it is at this point. So they're following yeah. him around to find out And Will doing. leaves, because he's like, I'll just go ask Finn for a cop- like, for my paperback, even though, again, oh, right. that wasn't- that was a terrible plan. It wasn't gonna happen, and it doesn't happen. So he wastes time- it. He wasted time and Scout and Bella are too busy arguing about their whole situation, so they lose Charlie Hunnam anyway. Yeah, and then stupid idiot. In the meantime, though, we get back to the um, Ham and Jake stuff, which is just uh, yeah. This is where it gets a little bit. rules. I mean, I get why they had to do this part because they needed the conflict, but it was still kind of like, ugh. He decides he's gonna ride the bike, and it's. I mean, that part would have been okay if they had landed it better. It didn't feel very... It felt very... Like, I think they meant it... Actually, did a decent job of writing it. Because they made it seem like, ugh. Him riding the bike thing, I don't think... Obviously, was not the worst part of it. I think that was fine. He was just trying to be, like, cute. That it, it became a mess when so we he tried say, to be alpha male. <laughs> yeah, we should say what's so great about it is, at first... It's not just that Jake, Jake is, like, letting him... When he has to ride in the, in the bitch seat or whatever. Like, she has a fucking, like, motorcycle. We're not just saying bike, bike. It's a, a rad motorcycle that she drives into town. And they have little helmets and leather jackets. It's great. And then, uh, later on, when they stop for gas, I think, or something, um, he's like, let me yeah, ride well, the, the rest. the rest stop, and she's, she's getting in... She's in the dress, so... She changes into the dress, right. And so she comes mm-hmm. out, and as soon as she's in the dress, and then literally in a female role at his, in his eyes, he's like, let me drive. And it's like, alright, let's calm down. <laughs> and then, they kind of take that to task, but it's always a little bit like, ugh, I don't want to dislike you, because you seem like a decent enough person, but that's not great. Um, he's clearly a very confused kid. Yeah, and he's just trying to be a guy. <laughs> he calls her Foxy. It's like, come on. And I love, on, okay, now. so, so <laughs> we'll, we'll stay on this for a little bit, because there's a lot more that happens here until we get back to the other part. Do you want to just go through their plot? Yeah, let's do that. And then we can get back to because the Because they're kind of wrapped separately entirely. Like, we'll have to go back and forth the rest of the time. But, so, while they're in town, they're on this little date. He takes her to a fancy restaurant, well, mostly fancy restaurant, because they're both rich and could afford to loan money to friends. Um, and he calls her Foxy, totally Foxy. You look, you look like, like totally, totally Foxy. Foxy. He literally says that Which, verbatim. And she I, laughs honestly, at him. <laughs> So this date, it like still amazes me how like early some like early in Summer Hall there like to, even to Lost I guess he's like he plays very earnest characters for the most part like Vampire Diaries is the thing that changed it he's mostly been an earnest character and he nails it surprisingly given you know he looks like Ian Summerhalder. Right. And it's ridiculous. And he, like, when he says, you look, like, totally foxy, when she laughs at him, you can see it, like, oh, it kind of wrecks him a little bit, because he was yeah. trying so hard to be, like, he's putting up this armor to be the guy in the relationship now, because that he didn't know how to handle it before, and now he, now that he has a girl in front of him, which, she was a girl before, but, you know, now she's got a dress on, and she's got cleavage, and she's got, like, heels on. She now he's like she's a she's a girl and he can be like he's just trying to figure out what to do I think he's kind of confused about what he's supposed to act like in a relationship and he's going too far into the deep end essentially because they uh they have this awkward date then that becomes almost entirely about the gender roles where she starts saying like, yeah like Fuck she's off. already being weird when he like he gets her seat out for her and she's like so no. <laughs> which is honestly again that's just polite really yeah, that is... that's just like he was him being a gentleman he right. even says that but then he gets like into the foxy thing and then he says the cross-dressing <laughs> she-men thing Ugh. yeah i forgot about that part 
Like, that's terrible, but at the same time, it's like, she won't let the Foxy thing go, either. And he's clearly, like, kind of embarrassed by it, too. I think because she basically so- wants to do the same stuff to him. Because, again, he's a really pretty guy. And to her, she feels like the masculine person in the relationship, I mm-hmm. bet. Because she definitely looks more traditionally masculine compared to Ian Salander. Because, yeah. again, he's quite pretty if you've never seen someone there. he's got <laughs> like, the big eyelashes the bright eyes a l- little bit long hair in this he's a little scruffy the, he's the rosy cheeks yeah he's already a pretty boy at this point in his life so and it's not to say that she's not she's gorgeous but she's also playing a very mm-hmm. plain tomboyish almost like if she was on a show she'd be the <laughs> the, the potato like she is the, <laughs> she, she's aiming for the potato and she just doesn't get there because she's got some personality but that's what she's supposed to look like is someone very plain very boring from the 90s like plain, <laughs> bland whatever and so instead he's now like trying to be that person himself and he so, just doesn't really pull it off well and she's just like, yeah and he tries he tries even harder because the, the next thing he does is he orders for her oh, and he says the, the lady with the lady with like the sub it's like oh you you overcorrected on the alpha male and I think it's interesting too because it's almost like introducing this idea that it's not just that she's annoyed because now like their relationship's mm-hmm. different and she like but it, it's almost like what i'm when we're saying that the gender identity and like um all that kind of stuff like the, the, the queering of it in some ways it's like she's acknowledging that like she's like i don't really feel i mean she obviously i think identifies as a woman again but i don't she's like i don't think i feel fully like i don't necessarily identify but, fully feminine roles because this is yeah. not my thing and it's not and- it's not just that i don't like the way this is changing our relationship it's just that mm-hmm. i don't want to be that person at all you know. And he clearly doesn't get, like, the super masculine roles, because he clearly doesn't also realize the fact that if you're going to order for your girlfriend, maybe you should ask her what, what she, she wants. wants first, and not just assume she will right. have the salmon. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's to, it's to her, it's like, it's almost like she's acknowledging that I wasn't just cross-dressing because I was mad at my mom and want to sneak into the school. It's like, I was kind of down with the idea of being in a masculine role. And I feel like that's where mm-hmm. she's kind of, like, having to confront that for herself, too. So she's kind of getting mm-hmm. a little bit offended because she's realizing all these things about how it, like, makes her feel and how they're, like, at odds accidentally. Because up mm-hmm. until this point, it's been all sunshine and roses for them, more or less. Mm-hmm. Because they've just yeah. been, like, secretly making out and potentially banging? I don't know. But, um... Yeah. No, I don't think they're many. banging. I don't think they're... Yeah. If anyone's gonna be banging on the show, it's gonna be them. <laughs> Because no one's sleeping with Krudsky, and you know, so far Scout and Bella think they're brother and sister. Big potatoes had sex, but okay. Exactly. Uh, Uh, But yeah, also it it ends up with her ordering for them anyway. So again, he is not the man in his his eyes, pretty much, because they end up getting what she orders instead. It's like maybe just order for yourselves, but you know, they're dumb children. It is. It's it's interesting because it's again, it's again. I don't think that they're trying to go for like this is what a gay relationship is, but it's almost like they're acknowledging similar things that I think some gay men might deal with where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know how our relationship works. If they're new to it, they're Who's supposed to be the masculine role? Who's supposed to be the or feminine role, basically? Who's supposed to be the masculine role? And how do you deal with that, basically? And that's... Because mm-hmm. ca- they're 16-year-old kids. They're very young. Yeah. So they've never experienced this before and they're very confused. They're, yeah. And, it's definitely an even di- more different experience yeah, given everything. Exactly. And, and they're also in secret. So this is the first time she's ever even worn a dress. I think that adding the dress part to her is very confusing for both of them because she's kind of like i don't know it'd be different mm-hmm. if she like became not well, became like changed back into her girl clothes 
And then it was like a whole different personality, and she was like back to her. Because I think there's been other. I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of other shows that have done similar storylines. I know there's been a couple besides Poison and Cry, but like a lot of times when people are cross dressing like that, if they're not actually intending to, to change genders, they're just doing it to hide. It, oh, she's the man, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, so like, yeah, for that, that, like she's still motocross. Motocross. That yes. classic that's film. That's what I was thinking of originally. I think actually, but so those are situations where they obviously have very masculine personalities, but when they're when they're a woman. When they're when they're dressed as a woman, it's almost like they're taking on a different, you know, physicality and emotional thing. Where it's not the same. I wouldn't say for Catherine Monig, she's definitely still, uh, you know, beautiful and all that kind of stuff. Regardless, but she's just. I feel like she's a lot more comfortable when she's dressed as a guy, mm-hmm. and it's really starting to show. Yeah, and she's already kind definitely. of annoyed, and he's just making her more annoyed. <laughs> so they presumably continue their meal just in silence. I assume. Yeah. Once they get back to, like, the rest stop, they actually talk shit out, which, good for them. And it's just, like, because they're both extremely confused, which is understandably, because he knows her as his best friend, and his best friend who's a guy, and also his girlfriend, so that's a lot of things to unpack, really. Yeah, he he drops the L-bomb. And she's like, what? (laughs) What? (laughs) She really is just like, say that again? And again... This is early Samohander for, I think, he's might have done a little bit before this, but he's still so good. Like, like, so is she, obviously, too, but it's just, the way he reacts and has to go back and, like, whoops, I said that, like, it it would be so ham-fisted on a different actor, I think. He just is very earnest Mm -hmm. and is like, oh, I said that. Yeah, I'm in love with you, whatever. Like, yeah, like, this is his first major role. It's amazing. Like, his first thing was 1997, but, like, and he had, like, done some bit things since then, but, like, this was his first major role. It's always role. impressive that and he nails find it. somebody who, who went on to do a lot more and is already kind of close to what they were doing eventually, even in their first couple roles, which is very impressive. Mm-hmm. But so he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm kind of in love with you. And she's like, uh-huh, and they kiss, and it's very sweet. And it kind of just, they don't really wrap it up. It, they're just like, this is something we're going to deal with. And that's yeah. fine. It's kind of nice. It's not really. And then they're at the later scene later on, which is kind of irrelevant, but well, we'll get to that later on. But so we can get back to the main other plot, which I, again, we're saying like, we kind of glossed over that. Like there are definitely mm-hmm. flaws in it, but I think that that plot is so good that it's easy to pretend like the rest of the episode is just a little bit more watchable because you're getting clips <laughs> of that throughout. <laughs> The rest of the episode is, like, wacky nonsense. Like, okay, so so Will comes back because Finn's, like, out on a seminar all day, apparently, because apparently he does work besides just have kids call him Finn. Yeah. And then he, like, immediately rushes Ryder's, like, hey... I'm a, I'm a townie. I'm gonna rough you up. Like, what are you doing? So He's like, I I need my I need my laptop. And Ryder's like, we all need stuff. Like, leave me the fuck alone. And bucket hats. Like, you need to stay back. <laughs> Which is why bucket hat got cast. Like, that's probably the scene he got cast during <laughs> doing that line. Although it might be his only line, so it's definitely true. Um, so. Again, it's a weird, like, sub... Well, this is the main plot, I guess you could call it, but it's a weird, like, yeah. circumstance. Cause it almost feels like, like, clock stoppers. Without it's the, just... The stopping of the clock. <laughs> clock stoppers? It's just so fucking dumb. Yeah, it's it's so easy, adventure to, easy get, to resolve. Yeah, I don't adventure to get a fucking letter and laptop bag. Like, it's very... It feels like a... Like a or, like, Big Fat Liar or something. It feels like a, like mm-hmm. a 90s or 2000s movie with, like, kids. But it happens to be, like... Well, I guess... Honestly, we're... Scout was right. Seriously. Just, just you know what? Go to the dean because Hamilton is the dean's kid. Do that. You'll is be he? fine. I didn't know that. Yes. Oh. Hamilton's the dean's yeah, kid. Hamilton's the dean's kid. It's so, so easy. <laughs> <It's> so <dumb. laughs> 
God, that's a stupid thing to think, but it's true. <laughs> it's okay to find that because I was this age. When Child of authority. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah. Oh my god, it's, I, I don't know why that's that's great. Okay, let's move on. Um, so uh, there's there's the scene where they decide to like stalk him after. I mean, meanwhile, obviously, Potato's gone off to try and get the teacher to give him another copy. Can't find it. In the meantime, the other two, Kate Bosworth and Scout, a.k.a. Bro and Sis, are um, having an emotional heart-to-heart about being related, and their dad's Because he drops the news that he did tell his dad, and his dad's like, well, fuck this. Because, and Scout says there's been false rumors before, which makes me think, honestly, I don't think, I don't think they're false, Scout. I think your dad's fucking around. Yeah. Honestly. Like, come on. His dad's fucking around. That's what's happening. They're so caught up in this, like, heart-to-heart. And it's really, again, it's a weird read, because... And she's, like, all pissed because she thinks she's Joey Potter. And they're, like, hiding behind this tree branch (laughs) watching Charlie Hunnam, like, pick flowers. They're not watching Charlie Hunnam. That's the problem. Right, well, they were, they were originally doing that, and they're so close to each other. Again, it feels like a weird, like, and then we make out, question mark? Yep. And it was really weird. And instead, though, of course, they just decide to mm-hmm. um, hotwire a Corvette because they lose well, sight of yes. Charlie Hunnam. Because Charlie Hunnam, again, is like, uh, no, I don't have to give you anything. You lost your fucking laptop. Leave me alone. Yeah. And again, he doesn't have, like, the letter is not in the jacket. They should, they know that. She looked through the jacket, and there was not there. How yeah. do they figure? So, they, must, they figure that, I don't know. I guess maybe she gets caught I don't up know. in, I don't know. How does it? She's manic! <laughs> yeah, I never really considered that. How does she know that the letter is there? Did she see him put it in with the other stuff? No! It's because it's not there because it, it ends up being at Joe's place anyway. Oh, I didn't even. He never had the letter. He never had the letter. And she's like biting everyone's heads off. Yeah, she does. I, I mean, obviously, I think the the, the obviously he wants his laptop, but who cares about that? Jeez. She has no reason to be like going insane. Well, she's worried that the letter, which she wrote explicitly, like, hey, she could have like, literally asked her sister earlier. Right. And then, like an idiot, she says she says to the um. She says in the letter, she's just basically like, hey, letter. So, my dad sent a nerd It's just like a big, like, she's like, if that gets out. It's like, it's your own stupid fault. You should just deal with it. These are all children who can't deal with the consequences of their stupid actions. I love how this podcast has turned. At first we were like, we love this. Like, no, they're all fucking idiots. Well, that's why I love it, right? I mean, I feel like it's super, super interesting, even though it's super, super, like, annoying it's so dumb it's ridiculous but so 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 she she and the guy are basically yeah staring into each other's eyes lose track of charlie Hunnam. he's yeah. moved on with yeah corvette. well it costed him but nothing that he's going to writer is going to his corvette mm-hmm. and i think the, the reason he doesn't like uh drive immediately is because the batteries were out in his uh walkman right I, I didn't saw. even notice that. That's amazing. Yeah, because he put trunk and he was ready to go, and then he was like looking at his Walkman, and I think he was trying to get batteries. Oh my that's why god! He le- that's why he left it alone. Classic. So, god, it's classic. Who hasn't had that problem? <laughs> you know that feel when you when your battery your batteries run out on your Walkman, guys. God, that's this show's great. So, and then the. Because the alarm's on, and Scout has to tell them. It's like, did you not just see him? He, you see him put on the alarm, but apparently Kate Boss was confused by that whole thing. Well, he, she, be, well, she's a townie. She doesn't have experience with expensive things. <laughs> Although she Shit. works at a fucking car garage. So, 
Like, the more I think about it, the more it all makes me so angry. Yeah, I'm like, how could she not know what a car lock is when she works at a car Oh, well, she knows what a fucking hot wire car, which, those wires aren't usually exposed, but apparently they are if you have Charlie Hunnam's car. Yeah, wait, guess what? If you're driving a really expensive, like, Corvette, odds are you leave your wires hanging out for people to easily hotwire. Like, she, she did not break through to get those wires. They were already exposed. And of course he's breaking like, it without any kind of top on. It's just like a top down. Well, he put the alarm on and didn't expect anyone at that school to steal. He didn't expect there to be a girl there who's going to be stealing cars. <laughs> Fucking townies. <laughs> the only girl there is Jake and no one knows she's there. <laughs> Jesus. So so she she hot wires the car because in, in yeah because Will's like can you panic yeah because they they touch it like fucking idiots <laughs> and like alarmed and then there's a security guard right there by the way this is good just for staring the at least they have security I mean he but he's shitty at his fucking job well and I mean, it, it must be struggle Will asks, it must be a struggle for him because any one of them could technically own that Corvette because the school's so exactly. full of rich kids so who knows but exactly. yeah it sucks and then Will's like hey you know how to hotwire this she's like of course, of course I do. do and then he's I do love I surprised he wasn't the one who did it honestly and then that immediately with the what are you some kind of townie and then she's like yup <laughs> it's just like oh <laughs> shit but so she she hotwires the car they go zooming off in the Corvette which of course and the, up to and the security guard looks like just lets that happen right. doesn't seem to realize there's no he's key in the goddamn car he's annoyed but again wouldn't the security guard at least like make a note of that so that when the car gets stolen I guess maybe uh, Hunnam never she's like just an alarm problem all he had to do is look to see if there was a key in the car uh, who knows but so, so they, they go off, zooming off. That's when we lead up to the opening scene, which is her saying, oh my god, I just stole a Corvette. Maybe don't be speeding if you don't want to get in trouble for yeah, that. and so... <laughs> <laughs> They're all so fucking dumb. Like, why would you be speeding in a stolen car? Or why would you be, like, sitting, like... Okay, again, it's a Corvette with the top down. At one point, Scout, classic Scout, because Scout is a... Is it Scout or Potato? Which one? Who's sitting in the back. That's potato. Of course it's potato. Scout's not dumb. Of course it's potato. Because Scout has driven in Corvettes before. Potato's like hair out, like hands up, open in the wind, sitting in the back of a Corvette, like literally up on the seat like an idiot. Yeah, like if you don't want to get fucking caught, maybe sit in the goddamn seats right. Well, again, Scout has, doesn't have to do that kind of bullshit because he's been in Corvettes. Scout knows what it's like to drive around in a rich car. Scout's my favorite character. Yes, this is totally terrible around in what world would we be loving it's a, a white is a wasp named scout <laughs> scout calhoun who introduces oh. himself every time you meet someone i'm scout, scout calhoun shakes your hand oh my god so anyway so he's he's sitting in the passenger seat will like an idiot potato is in the back seat top down <laughs> like basically flailing around like it's like his first time in a limo and, uh... This is his first time in a car. He's so poor, he's never been in a car before. You know, honestly, maybe he has it. Because he's riding a bike around. <laughs> Do we know? <laughs> well, his, his BFM used to work at a car, store, car place, so maybe they, like, sat in them sometimes. But he's never been on the road. <laughs> One of these days, I'll be in a car for real. <laughs> God, so God, it's so sad but true. And so, so she, they get pulled over immediately because they're flying down the road. And S- Scout, being a guy named Scout, is like, allow me to talk to him. I'm very good with authority. <laughs> like, oh my God, you're so, you're so white. <laughs> he really is. Even though everyone in the car is like, 
there's no way. I mean, even though they're all like obnoxious, like teenagers, there's no way they're going to jail for that because it's just this kind of show. Uh, but so they get pulled right. over first. But no, say, and then Will's like, actually, that he won't like you. Locals don't like people who are rich. I'm a townie. I understand. Fuck off, Pota- potato. <laughs> fuck you, potato. Oh god. So, but then it's the fact that apparently this adult man wants to fuck Kate Bosworth that saves the used day. He to be her babysitter. She's like, oh, you are my favorite. It's like, oh god. And they're like. 15 years old. Yeah, and I do love... Well, first of all, we should say before all this, the reason why they haven't just gone into the trunk like normal people is because it's jammed because she's yeah, hot wired. because of the nonsense. When I hot-wired the car, I must have messed with the trunk mechanism. So they're on the way Fuck to the garage. You. That's why they, they went there. And, of course, like... First of all, I, I was confused why Charlie Hunnam didn't instantly know who took it, but then we realized later on that he thinks Joe, the guy who he's stole yeah, money to. Yeah, he's like, oh, Joe, not my car. Yeah, so that's why he's not like, on their tail. But in the meantime, they're heading off to the garage, and um, the her for, former babysitter, now cop, ha- pulls her over for, like, I guess, at first you don't know why. It looked like mm-hmm. maybe, maybe speeding, but it's also because Potato's being an idiot and, like, <laughs> falls yeah, out of the back he's... of the car. And, um, <laughs> so he's like, oh, um, is this your car? And then I do enjoy Kate Bosworth as the best acting when she's just lying to someone <laughs> where it's just, nah, some rich snob had, had me put a new trans in it and I'm just taking it for a test drive and then he lets her go, which is still illegal, I think, but, alright. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's Again, no one checks the right, key situation. Not, she doesn't she have a license. license. <laughs> I mean, maybe she does, but I doubt it. Or even probably yeah, a learner. Townies are allowed to drive without licenses. <laughs> is that how it works, Latoya? <laughs> that's, that's what my knowledge of townies has taught me. <laughs> I've done extensive research. Yes, you are a Dawson's Creek expert, of course. You know all about townies. But so, so I'm, I'm confused, though, because not only does he not ask for license and registration at first, he just lets her go without, like, I mean, they, they get- Again, he wants to fuck this 15-year-old. It just is very confusing in general. But he tells them, he's basically, I pulled you over because well, you have to have your seatbelts on. I find it hard to believe Scout didn't have a seatbelt Click it or take it. But maybe he didn't. And then I was like, oh my god, Coca-Cola presents safe driving. <laughs> and then they all put <laughs> seatbelts on. And uh, so she then, of course, drives off thinking, like, ooh, that was, that was close. And they run out of gas. So, again, this is even more confusing because she's somewhat... And then they start laughing at her and she's like, hey, you ran out of gas too, idiots. And I'm confused because, again, she works at an uh, auto shop and doesn't understand how the gas sign works on a Corvette. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't understand also, like... Why was it, didn't it have gas anyway? Right? wasn't Charlie Hunnam going to drive it right? somewhere? Maybe he was going to fill up gas on his way. But wouldn't she see the empty symbol and say, whoops, gotta stop and kick some gas? She was too busy thinking about the fact she just stole a car, apparently. Oh, man. And so, in, in, instead of, or you could just call the cop. He loves you. He'll, he'll tow you to the fucking place. Jesus. Like, in general, there was a lot of things that made no sense there. But so, she, they run out of gas, like idiots. And then, um... Uh, I don't even know what happens when they, ha- they have a toad. I forget. No, Will. I think Will goes and gets gas oh, from I don't know from where from yeah, the Will gas station. Such a- Why does yeah, that scene sca- even exist? Because you don't even need. They just stand. I guess it's so that she could talk about the letter. That's why, right? Yes. Talk about this bullshit letter even more. Oh God! So then he gets the <laughs> gas. I guess question mark. I don't remember. But, um, yeah, he gets the gas, and then they get they finally get back to the station. station, and it's like, they open the trunk, but whoops, the letter's not there, as you must have realized out. in the first place. It does, slow motion, slow motion because... $2,000, I mean, it, 
It's no fox's skin with the keys flying in slow motion. <laughs> but uh, oh God. But why did but ex- explain to me too? Why did the money not stay where it was? Isn't it in like a bag zipped or something? Yeah. Maybe they were looking through the bag for the note because they don't seem to realize again that the note was never there. Oh, I don't know, but that's when they talk to Grace the after they like count the money. I don't get it, but yeah. So the little sister shows up. And they're like, that's where I swore that Will says, little sis, why are you hanging out with Ryder? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. He probably just says that because they've known each other all their lives. Yeah, he says, sis, why are yeah. you hanging out with Ryder? They say that to her, and they're like, uh, she's just like, I, I was know. hanging out with Joe. I'm trying to lock and some of this down, guys. Leave me alone. Scott's, Scott's like, who's Joe? He's like, he was in he was in grade school with us. He's a bookie now. A 15-year-old bookie. <laughs> and he's like, I used to be really good friends with him until he went all mafia. I was like, what? I actually, uh, moving forward for a second, I do like the fact that when he goes to see Joe, they're clearly still, like, on good terms. It's not one of those things like, oh, like, uh, he's a townie guy who's bitter, who's like, oh, you think you're too good for me, prep school boy? I I really like that. Like, oh, they're still technically friends. Yeah. Because that would have been, like, a cliche I would see the show doing immediately. It felt very in that way, because Ryan's Well, I mean, they already, they already kind of had that with... That Zukri, right? Oh, Yeah. So... Yeah, so it does feel very, like, uh, Ryan Atwood, where he goes back and he still has friends where, where he came from. Because mm-hmm. um, he's not a jerk. That's the end of the day. I mean, he, Potato's boring as fuck, but he's not, like, a jerk. He's just plain. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I I don't think yeah, he, like a, he, like, burns Like a plain potato. So, <laughs> like a yeah. plain potato. No salt. I mean, if anyone has a problem with him, it's his dad, but that's because his dad's an abusive asshole. Right. So, so the little sister admits to having hung out with Ryder. They go to Joe based on her introduction. Uh, uh, we find out, too, that... The reason why, um, oh, what's his name, Hanum, uh, Ryder was was coming to. S- the reason why Ryder was with her is because she's his introduction to Joe. So mm-hmm. he has to come back to her anyway in order to talk to Joe about that money he owes him, and then the Corvette. He potentially Charlie Hunnam at this point thinks that Joe, this mysterious, you know, mafia esque sixteen year old or fifteen year old, <laughs> stole his car. So he needs to find out, like, what he can do to get it back, basically. And she, he still needs her to get there. So he comes back to the garage himself. And, of course, now the um, classic Dawson slash potato, um, he decides to try and... T- Actually, it does feel very patient. Yeah, because now they're pretending that they don't have the car. They're, they're going to, like, pretend that Joe does have the and car. And this is the closest this show gets to a Dawson's Creek beat, where it feels like a very pacey decision, where it's like, let's just con him. And so they decide to, like, play him when he comes, and he's like... He's like, oh, he's like, oh, I heard you're talking to Joe. That's rough stuff. That's rough stuff. I used to be good, good friends with Joe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went back a long way. <laughs> and then they <laughs> decide to basically try and promise Ryder that he'll get the Corvette back for him if he can get that $500 slash laptop back, I guess. Why the $500, mm-hmm. though? Is it just that he's going to get the... He, he, just, he just said $500, but he meant, like, the laptop. Why just say the laptop? <clears throat> you know? Like, at the end of the day, it seems stupid. But either way, <laughs> Ryder's like... Okay, sure. Which I kind of enjoy because I'm like, it, he's not like a one note villain. He just kind of like, all right, I kind of need to get this back. So all right, I'll he work just, with you. So yeah, he just doesn't want to get murdered <laughs> by this guy. <laughs> by a sixteen year old. Yeah, I mean. And so they they go to Joe's house. Well, we find out that some people go to yeah. Joe's house. I don't know what happened. They go to. They go to Joe's house, but it's not even because of this. It's just because of getting the letter. It has nothing to do with any of the writer stuff. Yeah, it's weird. He just looked so he could look for the letter. And, yeah. Which, and do they even get the money back show. from Ryder or no? I think, like, he just gives him the money, like, independently or whatever. Who knows? But so, they... He probably just gives him the money and is like, hey, I need to find this letter. But, like, he could have just 
they could have just said fuck you to Charlie Harvey and be like, here, I'll get the letter. And then have Ryder, like, kicked his ass. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joe, like, kicked Ryder's ass, and they could have gotten the laptop that way. Yeah. It, it, there was no reason to, like, even help Ryder at all. I mean, it's, it's interesting, at least, because, then, well, the reason why is because, of course, later on, we needed There's... that, you know, favor. But so they help Ryder out, and they um, get his Corvette back. He gives them the $500, and then, um, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of pointless because she recites the letter from memory, so she's like, well... Yeah, she has it memorized, and she just decides, I'm going to write it this time. Fucking idiot. And so she's like, I don't want my life to change. But of course, in the meantime, um, Potato has gotten the letter back, comes back, shows her the letter. She freaks out, like, this whole point where she, <laughs> she just come to this emotional... Manic, I, I'm telling you. <laughs> she just come to this emotional, like, um, conclusion where she's like, even if it gets out, I'm okay with it now. And then he gets it back, and she freaks out, like, yeah! And then hugs him and she stuff rips, and rips it to shreds. She rips the shit out of it. And I I understand Will being like, what the fuck? But Scout knows what's happening. I don't know why he's surprised, too. By the fact, she just ripped the letter. Yeah, well, which, it makes sense. Like, you don't want it to get out. But so, either way... But they're just surprised that she's a crazy person. <laughs> yeah, so even though all signs have pointed to yeah, that. Um. so, so Ryder um, gets his Corvette back, even though they didn't get it back from Joe, because they had stolen it. They just... He but they said they got it back from Joe. He yeah. said he got it back from Joe. Um, and I guess they, they burn his bridge, or they, they fix his bridge with Joe in the meantime. And then we get the wrap-up scene, which is almost... Imp- well, two things happen then. We find out that they're such idiots, they've not even paid attention to the time this entire episode. Yeah. And he realizes, oh no, the post office is closed. I got- yeah. So what am I gonna they do? gotta go to another town where the post office isn't closed? Why? I don't know, why would it not be closed there? <laughs> How do they know that offhand? There's no internet to Google this kind of stuff. Like You had to know these things back in the are day. Are you like an expert on postal service? I was very confused. <laughs> the new stamps.com. <laughs> so, so she's, they decide to, to zoom over, but they're like, we're never going to get there in time. And the solution to that is not to say, like, well, let's figure something else out. It's, hey, Ryder, you owe me that favor, right? And they borrow the Corvette again, which I find very hard to believe that a 15-year-old would let someone borrow their Corvette. It's weird enough that a 15-year-old has a Corvette, but they're letting someone borrow well, it. He's, he's like, rich! He's, he's old, a year older, right? Oh, he's so an upperclassman, you're right. Yeah so, maybe, yeah, so he's like 17, maybe, so that makes a little more sense. So he... Well, but, but that doesn't make sense to lend it to people right. who don't have licenses. <laughs> Definitely do not have licenses. Although, we, like, know, I don't trust we do know that the writer is not someone who plays by the rules, guys. <laughs> 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 so they they hop in the Corvette like a fucking literally like a fucking commercial, and then Coca Cola presents ends as they zoom off, trying to uh, get that letter sent to to wherever like whatever place they were going to. Does he get that scholarship? Carson, Carson. where where is the set? Is it? I'm assuming it's New England, but is it Connecticut? It felt. I think so. Yeah, Connecticut. It felt very you know you know yeah white bread. But so they they go flying down. They're like woo, and of course they did not learn their lessons from being pulled over. And their hands are all outside the vehicle. They're probably not buckled again. Yeah, this time it's not Bella who's driving. It's it's Potato, right? Probably, which is yes, so Potato. Funny, obnoxious. But so they <laughs> they go driving off down, and then they I guess they get the letter in okay because at the very end of yeah. the episode we have the totally totally irrelevant wrap up scene where everyone's just at a diner. Uh, Will's Potato. This is a line, we rule, and I'm like, wanted to vomit. God. He's 
garbage. garbage. And what do they say? They're they're comparing another female actress to another female. Oh, actress. it's Jennifer Lopez or Salma Hayek. Oh, good fucking and, God. And I, I, I shit you not, Scout and in a terribly eighty-yard line says "Dust to Dawn." That's what he calls the movie, "Dust to Dawn." <laughs> like, oh, Scout. That's what he said. Doesn't he say like, "I'm just saying, dust till yeah. dawn." Dust to <laughs> dust. To Dawn is this is the is the title he gives the movie. He... It's not the title of the movie. It's the title he gives the movie. Oh my god! Yeah. Whatever Wait, dust what? to Dawn is. Yeah, and then what? I don't like it. Of course, one of the other guys is like out of sight, man. Out of sight. Yes, potato says out of sight. But my question is, isn't it? It's not just a diner. It's a friendlies where the two where potato and scout work, right? How <laughs> no, is it really? Oh my god, is it really a problem? It's a problem. I'm gonna kill myself. Oh my god, it would make sense. I think it is a friendlies. And the thing is, so I'm like, why are they always in the friendlies? Like, when it probably should be closed with their friends. It's ever I am speechless. I mean, that's amazing. I love a good late game revelation oh in these God. podcasts. If it's a really, I mean, even if it's not, in my mind, now it is a friendly. <laughs> I refuse <laughs> to believe anything differently. Like, uh. I, 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 I don't even know what to say. It's insane. It's a friendly! It's a friendly! Like, Scout gets a job there. Will already Samantha, you were because you know he's poor. I'm looking, I'm looking at the exterior. I'm looking at the exterior shot. It says carry out or die. <laughs> it's a hundred percent of friendlies, guys. They're probably sipping what do they call them? Frenzies or something. Well back then they weren't frenzies. What were they at that point? Oh fuck. Whatever the frenzy was before a frenzy, it's what they're sipping. That's amazing. I... What a classic television show. It is. That's oh man. And so they're having that argument about dust to dawn and <laughs> Hamilton and Jake show up. And everyone's being weird because, you know, they all had their adventures. And meanwhile, Jake is blowing up her spot about being a girl. But we ignore it. And everyone's like, what? Nothing. Ha 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 ha. Like, the trio can tell what they did this today. They can tell the story. There's no reason for them to be hiding the story, right? I don't know. Right now. It's hard to, I mean... I don't know why they're so. I mean, they didn't it, steal a car, and then. But it was right. It was writer's car, honestly. Like they're all gonna be like, they think it's hilarious. That's true. Yeah. They're not gonna feel bad about that. No one regrets anything. They have not learned a single lesson. <laughs> they are just like, in fact, like we said before, one of them literally cheers their frenzy at each other, and they say, <laughs> "We rule." <laughs> just... That's because he's a potato. God. Well, friendlies does have great fries. Um, but so that's that's it. Cannibalism. God, that's. I I mean, it was kind of a masterpiece, to be honest, guys. <laughs> and and that that's kind of where the, the episode wraps as well. I mean, that is, that was the end of the show. They the end of the episode. They don't have anything else happening. It just kind of goes to, goes to black, and then they just go. Next episode will be. I don't know, maybe set in a TJ Fridays or something. <laughs> but yeah. Oh. Well, does TJ Fridays uh, do Coke or Pepsi? Oh, that's what will determine well, it. Friendly's definitely does only Coke. Um, I do not know about TJ Fridays. That's that's a that's a deal breaker, I'm sure for uh, 
<laughs> Cola presents. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Let's see. <laughs> Seriously, out. there was so much. Like this show was so poorly executed. It really is. But it's great at the same time. Like, yeah. I mean, well, I remember watching the pilot, and I <laughs> sent you a message being like, "Did they reshoot lots of this because?" Hamilton's hair changes drastically from scene to scene. Yes. Oh my god. Yeah, it does. Jesus. At one point, he has like this weird side part situation happening. By the way, it's not okay. Fridays definitely serves Coke. (laughs) Yes. Next week. Next episode. Oh man. Well, man. Do we have any other? Let me let me find. I had some little mini wrap up stuff that I think we should go. Yeah, I want to read some of this television about pity stuff. Which I mean, the first. The first sentence for the recap of this episode is, <laughs> okay, I don't know how to put this, but this episode of Young Americans is kind of, well, good. I guess if good means didn't suck ass like all the others. <laughs> Welcome to Young Americans. Clearly those past five episodes were completely unnecessary. Now they live. And okay, so some of the sp- we met- we mentioned the sponsorship stuff pretty heavily, but I want to go into just how ridiculous it was. So it was originally supposed to be a mid-season show, but they put it on hold after Coca-Cola offered to sponsor it. So that's what we were talking about when Will was literally written into Dawson's Creek in order to promote it. So even Dawson's Creek technically had a vague bit of you know um, product placement because Will was their product, um, <laughs> and then they went on hiatus. Young Americans took that time slot during the just the summer, which I remember happening because I remember thinking like I'm not watching that, <laughs> especially after I saw the Daily Show. They were like, no. But um, so then Coca Cola offered to pay six million dollars to be their primary sponsor. Ooh, so they they better the- have. Yeah. So then like, and then this is I, it. Also, even mentions in Wikipedia what the uh, Steve Carell bit because it went like viral at that point. It wasn't really viral internet wise, but. It was a hugely, like, it was so dumb, and it was like, someone finally explained why it was dumb, and that's kind of why it went so big. And, uh, it was the, mm-hmm. kind of, like, the impetus for a lot of, like, oh my god, it does say even here, some of the scenes took place in Friendly's Restaurant, which was built from an old pizzeria <laughs> for the show. So, like, they literally made it so that it was an old Friendly's. Wow, I didn't even know it was a Friendly's until, oh, that's amazing. Among the changes to the pilot was, was, was a scene that was reshot in order to show the characters drinking Coca-Cola. Yeah. Well, obviously. And I really, I cannot recommend to you more to um, uh, watch the Daily Show bit. Because even if you don't have the time to watch the whole pilot, that that's just like a five minute clip. It gives you a bunch of like, like the craziness of how ridiculously, like heavily, uh, you know, product placement it was. And- Imagine a world where Josie and the Pussycats was earnest in its product placement. <laughs> that's the show was, oh with Coca-Cola. So Steve and the, the, the creator too. Um, he stopped, apparently the, the impetus for the entire show being made is he stopped at a New England gas station as for the inspiration of the series. He was surprised to see four teenage girls working as pump jockeys. One of them said, my dad owns the station. I just thought this was the sweetest thing I ever saw, so he made a show. <laughs> oh! <laughs> because he was like, oh, surprise, girls can pump jockeys. Also, <laughs> you way to fuck up the entire premise because she doesn't even have a dad on this show, so what? Or does she? I mean... Well, she does, but he's, like, barely there. Oh, but it's... Wait, I'm so confused. So, she has a fake... Well, her the senator is her, like, secret bio dad. Oh, it's a stepdad. Well, it's not even, like, a stepdad. Like, he was married to... Her parents were married, but her mom cheated. 
and split on her right? dad and she a split lot. town because in- so like she mentions that like to scout before they find out who her mom cheated with that she was like there's a rumor that like my dad isn't really my dad I was like, that's an interesting thing to share with someone who you met five minutes ago. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and we mentioned before the gross point thing too. I'm gonna link. Hopefully, if I can find it, there's that also. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna just yeah, rip that so you can. There's a pilot which has everybody um basically lampooning the well the scene from the pilot of Young Americans is lampooned in an episode of Gross Point, which at that time was like a parody of 90210, where they. Strip is the scene. I'll sh- I'll show about the actual promo for the show and then the, the parody of it because they strip down to mostly their underwear with cokes everywhere. I'm sure, and then jump. In yes, the there was like a coke station no, thing. Like as it, yeah, as they were like running no. to the water. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Jesus, this show is. What a uh, mace! Looks like a mess so of television. And it's like obnoxious. And then so Gross Point blank. Yeah, do remember? They, and they play that shitty song they really, too. Oh yeah, little bit. Yeah, they do in the Gross Point. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's awkward because it was being promoted in the in the commercials for this. So it's like, Jesus, they were making fun of their own network shows. Like they didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, and it was like, oh. Gross Point debuted that fall. And honestly, Gross Point is a show that was super ahead of its time and should have been on cable. And I, Not WB I have another, in 2000. I have another quote I need to read, because these are so insane. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so <laughs> interesting. But um, the show's executive producer, Joe Voci, uh, or Vasi, um, he said in an interview with VH1 that unlike other teen shows that are angst-driven, ours is about a group of kids who want to do the right things and how they handle obstacles that are presented. The song presented... <laughs> the song... The right <laughs> things? What are you talking <laughs> about? The song, the six-pack song, pre- presented a mood and tone that feel of op- the feel that is optimistic and implies a sense of adventure. Okay, so he's, like, definitely friends with the band. <laughs> The song's called fucking Six Pass. Like not just that, like, <laughs> but like the, the do the right thing, steal cars, <laughs> not angst driven, and well, secretly. Well, they're doing that for a little bit of love, obviously. I mean, they're not angst driven because they're like rich white kids in suburban Connecticut. Right, but it's <laughs> it's like I mean, one of them is cross dressing because her mother hates. Like it's like this is not a situation where people are not angst driven. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the show you're producing? I'm. Does he think it? Does he think that this was Dawson's Creek? I think he does. And even that to say any of these things about Dawson's Creek would be a lie as well. But it makes more sense, at least. Uh, I guess. That's at least less rich people. That's less ri- poor rich people. And it's interesting in that situation. They claim like half the cast isn't rich, but then you, but half of them are. So it's it's bullshit. So I don't I don't even know what they're trying <laughs> for here, where it's just like. These are just like a regular American kids and spent sense of adventure. It's like this person was on cocaine. <laughs> so anyway, it, it just seems it, it it was very poorly received. I think it was it, it did okay. I think it wasn't horrible because again, it's hard to screw up that time <clears throat> slot because it was so like Dawson's Creek at its height like was legitimately like legitimately one of the biggest like um popular shows on WB of all, probably of all time, but mm-hmm. definitely during this time in particular. So it was canceled before the summer even ended, I think, which is so, wow. I mean, this was re- written, like, well, show run by burlesque Steve Anton, so mm. the gayness <laughs> was there the whole time. The yeah, gayness was I intentional. I am deep. 
I went to his IMDb page. I was like, oh, who's the creator of this? And then it was like, writer-director of Burlesque. And I was like, oh. oh okay. That makes sense. A lot. He was also the co-developer for Pussycat Dolls Present Curlicious. Yeah. <laughs> He's just really into presents, right? Always presenting. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, mm, that's interesting. But it was a, certainly one of the better ridiculous shows we've watched, because at least it was super entertaining from start to finish. It was not boring. Even mm-hmm. and then more. Plus, we got someone to hate as much as we know, did Potato. Yeah, even the lulls, which were just like the potato-heavy scenes, are just, you know... They're they're dumb, but they're not even that boring. At least there's something happening. <laughs> There's usually, like, a Hunnam in the oh. scene, or Scout being... Okay, uh, let's see, question. Of our unlikable lead Scout. characters in the show, who do we hate more, John Doe of John Doe, or Potato of Young Americans? Tough question. Yeah. Probably Potato. But John Doe was, like, a real he's prick in that episode. No, at least John Doe's more interesting. Like, he's, he's a terrible... Yeah, like, it's tough, because John Doe's, like, <laughs> a really, like, piece of shit. But, like, Potato's just... A real potato, so I don't know. <laughs> it depends on if you're like, I don't know. John Doe's like the dirt surrounding the potato, and the potato's the potato. Wow. And if you're into like. That was deep right know, there. Are eating them. Um, but I would say John Doe is more likable. I don't. Yeah, yeah, but potato is just boring. He wasn't really as. I don't think he was. He was. He was un, unsympathetic because, like, Johnny Harper, he felt he was, like, I guess above taking charity and all that kind of bullshit. But, like, it was also just plain, whereas at least John well, Doe had stuff happening. He was, like, he's your classic, like, good guy mm-hmm. who thinks that because he's a good guy, like, he deserves certain things and, like, certain bad things shouldn't happen to him and, like, et cetera. It's interesting. But also boring. It's interesting that they did the same <laughs> premise that they did with Dawson's Creek, where his main love interest was not Kate Bosworth, was it? No, no, it was, well, his main love interest was Michelle Monaghan's character, but we only saw her twice, because... Yeah, there's not even, like, a series regular that's his love interest, because yeah. there's never, like, any hint of, like, sexual tension between him and Kate Bosworth no, no, no. at all. So maybe that's why... So, like, he's kind of asexual. <laughs> they're, they're tumors, right? Um, But so, like, I, I <laughs> think that, I think that basically he was he was the kind of person that was supposed to be like the blank slate that let everybody, you know, envision themselves in this world. But to have a more interesting character, I mean, Dawson Leary for all of his many, many flaws at least has a little <laughs> more personality going on. Like, there's a little right, more happening. True. Like, a little more defining. That's mostly because he's a sociopath, <laughs> yeah. but at least it's a personality. And like, he's annoying <laughs> as shit, don't get me wrong. But like, at least he says and does things that like, are interesting. Like, their, their plot, their, I mean, you could He has a motivation of he and has he a motivation. Of course, the potato in his impetus to the plot was him gambling, which is like, ooh, well, that's not. This... There was no reason he should have been gambling in the first place. In, in general, I just feel like at least Austin Leary is somewhat sympathetic. I think that's what I'm trying to say. Even if you don't like him, Dawson wouldn't wouldn't ever gamble. He would judge everyone for gambling in the first place. <laughs> He's done that. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it, it, this was the kind of show where I think that a lot of it went into making it you know, palatable, and it almost just became too plain, and then it just became... It's sterile. And they should have focused a lot more on the Samohander Monig, and then a little bit more of the Scout stuff. I think that they didn't... They kind of went with the characters that mm-hmm. were more plain, and then that's where their downfall was. Plus, they should just right. never have taken the money. 
Don't don't get sponsored by a by a corporation unless you're a concert, guys. It's not really worth your time. <laughs> really not. <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't have any. Other... I I would love to read just like memos and emails from that time because honestly, everything about it screams bad right. business decision. I, I think it was just like, well, we're gonna. It's a it's a it's a test run. Let's try it, and it ruined product placement from a very early time. I think they've obviously done it in the past, long before this. Like, I'm sure uh, Lucy had shit like that. But, like, mm-hmm. this was, like, their first, like, foray into, like, loud sponsored programming. It's so, like, so and blatant. it left a bad taste in, in I think, an entire yeah, generation's mouth. Yeah, it's product placement. It's definitely not product integration. Like, it's not integrating <laughs> you at all. product integration. <laughs> but, yeah, so it was, it was rough. Pretty much. And I think from the beginning, it was very unsophisticated. And what we did like about it was probably the Berlenti touches of it. Um, and just a little, like, bits of goodness here and there, which are just... It's more like... It's like watching a train wreck. Um, it's it's a delight. <laughs> which sounds like a really <laughs> morbid and awful thing to say. But it's certainly, like... The kind of show it does that... surprise me Berlanti didn't try to get Summerhalder on uh, Everwood. Yeah, right. Maybe after he was watching just, this, maybe yeah. Lost a little bit after that. I don't know. But so, uh, it it was certainly the kind of show that if you don't like Dawson's Creek and you want to make fun of it and you don't want to deal with the drama of having to watch all that Dawson's Creek, <laughs> you could just watch this. Watch and make this. Fun of it. It's. I think you probably find it online too. It's not very hard to. It's. I'm sure at least clips of it are on YouTube somewhere, but. It, it it was a blast. So, do we have any other wrap up thoughts we didn't get to? I think we, we I'm exhausted from all of this. I think we killed it. I think. Well, uh, let me see if I add more notes when I was rewatching the pilot. I'm drinking a coke right now. Too. I might go to Friendlies later. Maybe I'll go to Friendlies later. Make it a real like singer of a see? night. Yeah, watching the pilot. There was also like the clip for another show coming up this fall, which was Nikki, the Nikki Cox show. Oh my god! All right. Yes. That was like the nail in her coffin, wasn't it? Pretty much. Well, actually, no. Because no, she got on Las Vegas. Yes, Las Vegas classic show. Classic like show. That was the time. Nail in her Cla- <laughs> How dare you? No, all the plastic, all the plastic <laughs> surgery was the nail Las in the coffin. Josh Jumel is in Las Vegas. Josh Jumel is the star of Las Vegas. You didn't know that because you don't watch Las Vegas. All right. So let's see. Yeah. I already talked about him thinking Faulkner's the ghost writer and then me like, fuck you, Shakespeare is. Yeah, this would be the like 15 years old. Says so much about his character. Like, that should be the only yeah. characterization you need. Yeah. His favorite writer's Faulkner. It's... Oh, yeah. The, like, the classic Coca Cola scene in the, uh, in the pilot where Scout, like, gets to two Cokes and Bella's like, they're on the house. And then he gives her one and he rides away drinking one. That's television. It's not even that great of a promo for Coke. It's like, don't pay for this. It's not worth your time. <laughs> Maybe some pretty girl at a gas station will give it to you for free. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, man. So, well, I think we can get on the plugs then, guys, because I don't know what more to say. I, I gotta get to a friendly later. I'm exhausted. Um. So, uh, what's up with you, LaToya? Uh, well, of course, you can follow follow me on twitter at lafergs and you can find out what i'm writing about in the world uh i would love to also plug this show obviously yes <laughs> every single episode of young americans uh even watch just watch will kruski's episodes of dawson's creek too at least one of them you get julie bowen so it's a good trade-off <laughs> um let's that's a, see that's a bold statement okay <laughs> Actually, yeah julie bowen's character is terrible in her episode anyway because she's like oh i love joey and dawson so much like fuck you julie bowen <laughs> um <laughs> 
But uh, I also like to plug Gross Point because it's fucking fantastic. And its theme song is pretty amazing. Tom Jones's Sex Bomb. Pretty good. good. (laughs) All right. Well, awesome. And what's up with you, Samantha? Oh, yes. I am at SDTowel1, where I sometimes tweet about, actually tweet about clothes a lot. And also about the wigs on the Americans, which I'm currently watching. Amazing. And also season two of Angel when you have a chance. Yeah. <laughs> so when I watch it on the elliptical at the gym. So basically, yeah. wig patrol at all times. <laughs> because... <laughs> right. Those flashback wigs on Angel oh, are not classic. great. All right. And then I am, as uh, as always, I am at Mara E on Twitter. Um, the next episode of this show will be Degrassi The Next Generation, Season 1, Episode 15, Jagged Little Pill. So uh, watch that. It's great. Um, and in the meantime, you can find us on Twitter at The Televoid. You can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. And then in general, thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye-bye. Where would we be without our love?